It's time. Finally, a show for you. A once a week extravaganza, giving you the weekend's movies, the week's cons and entertainment events, what is worth watching on television for the week, the weekly comic book, novel, game, and collectible releases, as well as entertainment news and information. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture. It's Pop Culture Kaboom with your host, Jimmy Jones. Hello, world, as Rob <laughs> scrambles for the microphone buttons. Uh, welcome to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show Christmas special. Jingle bells. La, no. la, 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 la. Wow. Oh, Eric from Whittier, California, right off the bat, says Merry Christmas to the cast and crew of at Pop Where well, there's a cast? Uh, well, cast and crew <laughs> at Pop Culture Kaboom. Well, Merry Christmas to you, too, Eric. That's Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. 1,460. <laughs> and happy Hanukkah out there to any of our Jewish listeners. Yes. And uh, there's so many. Yes. Just happy I holidays. Yeah. Just leave it alone. I don't know the proper one for Kwanzaa. I, I think it's just happy Kwanzaa. I don't know. <laughs> what else? There's a, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. <clears throat> Anyways. Yeah, so happy holidays kind of just is a good blanket. One. Blanket covers it all. So Spencer Stoner is here, as you've heard. Rob Nalt is here as well, behind a big board and prepared to take your calls. And I, your not-so-humble host of all things pop culture, kaboom, Jimmy Jones. Well, I'm here to run my mouth. Tonight, we will give you everything you want, everything you need from pop culture entertainment with the latest news and information from the past week and sneak peek at week releases coming out for next week, the last week of the year. Believe it or not, the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show is also your place on the radio dial for you to talk about your favorite fandoms. Tonight we'll have our review of Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon Part 1, Child of Fire. Uh, during the movie segment, we'll be joined by Quizmaster Scott of Sporkle Pub Quiz with Scott for our weekly Sporkle Pub Quiz question. You can win a gift certificate courtesy of Dreamwell Comics in Carson City or in Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom Concessions Collector's Prize Pack, courtesy of Galaxy Theaters in Carson City. We will have our personal list of pop culture go-tos and would like to hear what your yours are as well. And we will be talking about what we think are the worst and best Christmas holiday collaborations. <laughs> Yay! Not literal like collaborations, but you yeah, know. Like, yeah. Yeah, just like, like some of our favorites and some of our... Not so favorites. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we could actually start off with that if you guys want. I don't care. Wherever we want to go. All right. So to add your thoughts, comments, or to talk about your favorite fandoms, or speak with our guests, if we had any, call 775-515-4141. Or if you're too shy for the phones, you can send a direct message through the Facebook page, Pop Culture Boom Facebook page, that is. And if you don't have time to comment during the show, uh, but would still like to comment, you can reach us 24-7 by sending an email with your questions, comments, or concerns. You can send those emails to popculturekaboom at gmail.com and follow these simple but very important instructions. In the subject line, put question, comment, concern, or my fandom. In the body of the email, please add your first name only. No last name is needed, but a name is necessary because I will not read emails on the air. Also include the city and state or the city and country that you live in. Uh, those are also very important. Then fire away with what's on your mind. I respond to each and every email. If I, you have a specific question for Spencer or Rob, I will forward the email to them to respond back to you. Bear in mind, emails are read on the air unless you specify them for them not to be. <sighs> really, Eric? Or if uh, <laughs> you can't follow those simple instructions. Die Hard is a Christmas film. Yes, Die Hard is, is definitely <laughs> yes, it is. a Christmas film. So is Batman Returns. 
Yes, yeah. actually, my brother would fight tooth and claw to, for, to defend that as well. So, what else? Any, any, basically, any movie where there's Christmas in the background is considered a Christmas movie then? Mm-hmm. Sometimes, in a lot of ways, yes. It's, there you go. All right, mm. so, if you think it is, it Lethal is. Weapon. It starts with Jingle true. Bell Rock. I mean. That's true. Okay, and it is set during Christmas yeah. in L.A., but still, you know, mm-hmm. it's Christmas. Eric's all, no. <laughs> just no. No on which one? <laughs> I don't know. He didn't say. He just said no. Uh, upcoming stuff there are now only 258 days until Carson City, Nevada's first ever pop culture and comic book convention. I'm talking about Kaboom Con. 97 to Now Productions will be putting on Kaboom Con Saturday, September 7th, 2024, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Follow Kaboom Con on Facebook to keep up with details and all the vendors. Sign up for the art contest and sign up for the cosplay contest. And keep up on all the activity announcements and panels that will be taking place throughout the day and special guest announcements for Kaboom Con 2024. A limited number of pre-sale tickets will go on sale January 1st at midnight. And now is that January 1st, like uh, literally like, or is that December 31st at midnight or is that January 1st at midnight? I got to find out. Yeah, we better get clarification on that because we make sure it will be literally January 1st at 12.01 a.m. Or Mm -hmm. is it? That's the way I took it. Or is it January? Well, yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to need clarification Second. because we will be <laughs> because on Because at 1201, like, because January 1st, 1201 is right after Happy New Year. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, I, and, and I then guess January it, 2nd, 1201 yeah, would, yeah, would, yeah, be, would be. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see clarification, but I think I think that'll be basically, what, three hours after we're off the air? Yep. Yep. On, next At least, week. Well, I'm three hoping. hours and one minute. Three hours and one, one minute. minute. <laughs> next week. Uh, but these tickets will be available through eventbrite.com, and a portion of the proceeds from KaboomCon will go to Cold Nose Rescue and Sanctuary in Mount House and KNVC 95.1 FM Community Radio. So, uh, yeah, why don't we just go ahead and get to those lists real quick, y'all? Um, so I'll, I'll go ahead and start. If All you right. want, right? Yeah. What I consider the worst Christmas collaborations. Uh, anything that um, kind of throws Christmas haphazardly into anything that, and kind of makes it <laughs> forces its way in there. So first on the top of my list, is, of course, is the Star Wars holiday special. That, right. <laughs> yeah, actually, I saw a great meme on Facebook that uh, that said that the uh, CG Luke Skywalker from The Mandalorian looked more realistic than the real <laughs> Mark Hamill, who was Luke Skywalker in the holiday special. Yeah, it did. He looked like a mannequin. It was weird. <laughs> As the uh, Batman Robin is not a Christmas home. Um, no, it's not, Eric. No, I was Batman talking about Batman, Batman Returns. Returns. The one with uh, it was Catwoman. The, the and Catwoman, Penguin, Max, Sh- Max Shrek. Max Shrek? Uh, oh, yeah. Christopher Walken's character. Christopher Walken! <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was a holiday. <laughs> that one's a Christmas one. Uh, yes, it introduced Star Wars fans to Life Day in the world of Snuggies, because, you know, that's what... Chewbacca was wearing yep. one of those Snuggies. And uh, Life Day has taken on its own kind of meaning in the annals of Star Wars canon. Uh, it was even mentioned in The Mandalorian Season 1, but it was as, as uh, but it was a forced entry to grab a piece of the Christmas holiday pie, and one I can frankly live without. Indeed. Um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> Oh, my wife I and my wife and I just simply can't movie. stand the franchise. I, okay, I don't well. like any of the, the franchise oh. at all. So well, and Chevy Chase is kind of a jerk, so, you know, I can understand I love that, that movie. We watch it like... Oh. Shrek the Halls. Remember that mm-hmm. horrible mm-hmm. thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something always wrong with Christmas suddenly springing up in the middle of a universe without any reason, and Shrek the Halls is one of those. The characters don't know what the holiday is, yet it's forced upon us anyway in this goofy animated nightmare. Uh, Christmas, bloody Christmas. Hmm. <laughs> You guys remember that one? 
Yes. Yes. Uh, you do? Yeah, I, uh, I am aware of its existence. Okay. Uh, what's worse than, ho- than hopping on robots going bad, making it about a robot Santa Claus that malfunctions and goes on a killing spree? Even worse than that, somehow they try to tie it into a government experiment to make assassin robots dressed like Santa. Hmm. Futurama did it better. I think so. (laughs) The Smurf Christmas special. (laughs) Self-explanatory as to why it's on this list. It's the Smurfs. And for some reason, they are doing something tied to Christmas. I admit I never watched this, and I never will. So, and last but not least, well, not really. There's some more to it, but I'm just going to cut it off here. <laughs> Batman Silent Night, K-N-I-G-H-D. Oh, yeah. A four-issue series by writer Mark Jeff Parker and artist Michelle Bandini. It started on December 5th of this year, and the miniseries saw a swole Saint Nick team up with his former student, Bruce Wayne, mm. and several other superheroes to solve a violent crime in Gotham before Christmas. So taking Batman and making, uh, I guess, Santa Claus real in the in the uh, DC universe. Well, they did that Almost already. as bad as making Santa Claus a mutant in the Marvel universe. <laughs> well, that, that was a good way of... of Almost uh, as bad. That, that, that was a good way of explaining how he could get to all the different houses in one night. Yeah, and lastly, any show that has an established universe that has nothing to do with us than trying to shoehorn Christmas into it, like He-Man... <laughs> and the Masters of the Universe, and uh, He Man and She Ra Christmas special. special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I almost got you a Skeletor just because he, you know he, a little Skeletor Funko just just because he's so bitter. <laughs> <laughs> so those are my uh, that is See, my list. I figured you would have thrown in the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special because it was a musical. <laughs> no, see, I don't have an absolute hatred for musicals; just a particular acquired taste for musicals. Hmm. So, I mean, I liked Sweeney Todd. Okay, <laughs> then again, I was about a serial killer and making human, you know, cannibal meat pies. But you know, I still it was a musical, <laughs> right? That classifies. Yes, it does. <laughs> I'm not denying it. Uh, less miserables is a little bit more tolerable. Less miserable. No, miserables. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is a little bit more tolerable now for some reason. I don't know why, but yeah. Um, but as far as for, as I go for my go-tos for Christmas, um, A Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Good choice. Um, a, a Christmas Story, which actually, uh, thanks to TBS, who would like do these like 48-hour marathons. Hours, right, 24-hour marathons. No, yeah. it had to be 48 because that thing was on all the yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> and the worst part was it didn't matter what hour of the day I'd w- try and watch it. You'd always five catch o'clock. the same part. Yeah. Always. Yeah, yeah. same. Yeah. And, and, here I, and here I am. I'm so dumb. I thought, oh, I'll get the DVD because I'll see something I didn't see on TV. Nope. nope. <laughs> it's exactly the same. No deleted scenes or nothing. It was like, no okay, I could have watched. I could have saved myself 1490. Totally yeah, exactly. Family. It was totally family <laughs> Anyway, um, so Christmas story um, that I'm really not into Christmas music of any shape, way, or form of any kind. <laughs> I, I don't care who it is. I just cannot stand it. Um, so I do not didn't venture into that area of uh, pop culture. But Christmas music, complete never. If I can help it, um, I, I, I almost makes me physically ill walking into any place playing it. Like Lowe's the other day. <laughs> oh yeah, into Lowe's. Yeah. Oh boy, they had the most hideous. It's, it's bad enough if when an artist does a song for Christmas, it's like twice as revolting to hear a cover version of that revolting song. 
Smells like cheese. In this case being the Wham! Classic Last Christmas. Yes. <sighs> and it was a cover version of that. Oh, yeah. Was it the one with the, the girl singing? Yes. Yeah. It's at my work, too. Oh, I would go on a killing spree. I really would if I, yeah. had, if I was forced to listen to that garbage. Anyway, uh, so that, uh, The Grinch, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Um, I always like watching version? that. Uh, the the original animated okay, one good. with uh, Boris Karloff. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, good, a, that's good, one of your go tos. Yeah, okay, just making sure we're 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 back, we're back in the good side of things. <laughs> <laughs> so those are my. Oh, let me see. Because I'd have to throw hands if if the Grinch was bad. I was, I was on your no go list. Well, I was just. Why would I jump backwards <laughs> in my list here? <laughs> well, we we started complaining about last Christmas and Christmas music. So well, because I said I don't do Christmas music at all. That's why I said I'm it's not. There's just to keep anybody from asking. Well, you don't like Christmas music? No. <laughs> um, so that's why it's not on here. Um, so that and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, I think there was something else, uh, but I can't remember what it was now. But <laughs> all right, well, if it pops <laughs> off in the there, top of know. my head, yeah, that's well. actually a pretty decent list, you yeah. know. So yeah, uh, so uh, who wants to do, go next? I don't care. You want to go, yeah, Spencer? Yeah, Spencer, just match for a week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, we had so much <laughs> luck with this last. Yeah, so do yeah, visual, no, no, visual aids on a radio show. Yeah, okay. Right. Um, let's see. Uh, I don't on your not to, on the no go list on the bad side of things. I, I actually don't have too many that aren't already on your list for the most part. Uh, but one of my big ones is that Santa Inc. movie that came out last year, <laughs> Seth Rogen and uh, Sarah Silverman. I never even heard of it. Yeah, it oh, I did. It it's was done an abomination. The, it was done in the Rankin Bass uh, animation style, but it was just so cynical and so, for the worst part, unfunny. Mm. I mean, it, it it was like basically insulting things and, th- and thinking and thinking that was the joke, and it was edgy. It was mm. as edgy as a bowling ball. Okay. Wow. Yeah. But um, and then of course. Uh, a lot of sequels to like like really good classic movies. Like there was this really bad uh, sequel to uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer and the Island of Misfit Toys. The, 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 it was a really bad CG movie that it, that basically only like five people have seen. But 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 the, and you happen to be one of them, <laughs> right? I'm uh, like I'm not. Yeah, but just then, went for other priest people. Yeah, but uh, but but the, but and that's just and in, in general because you know like I really enjoyed the Chris, the Santa Claus. Santa Claus Two wasn't too bad. And then you had um, Martin Short as Jack Frost in the third one, and mm-hmm. it's, it's, you're starting to lose me there. <laughs> I haven't watched the Santa Clauses show yeah. yet, so I'm not going to. I'm not saying anything about the, the shows. The show's been off either. yet, yeah. But um, and then, like, of course, the Home Alone franchise, especially after after the second one, it's mm-hmm. just like why. <laughs> mm-hmm. So basically, Christmas movie classic Christmas movie sequels are always are, are pretty much on the on the bad end of the spectrum for me. Okay. Uh, and I have to uh, uh, vehemently agree about Batman being trained by Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But, and then, um, and then you know, I, I love Christmas music. Like I like like Mannheim Steamroller, Trans Siberian mm-hmm. Orchestra. Okay. You know, and, and then um, and you know, one of my favorites is actually uh, well, well, we'll get to the that, to the favorite side in a second, but. <laughs> it's you have like, like a worst is that what you're getting to yeah okay <laughs> but, but but in the worst is you know it's just like it's like with the mariah carey one we have jokes where you know it's just like she's coming to feed for the year you know the all i want for christmas sold. yeah she makes uh, yeah. so much money yeah, off of that yeah. one song she yeah, just, never has to do another yeah, song just off of royalties yeah she gets makes a minimum of like 2.6 million yeah a year. it's ridiculous 
Yeah, and but I mean, I mean, all more power to her. Like yeah. she, she, she got, she got, she the got niche hers, yeah. and like ran with it. Well, I Absolutely. don't think she ran with it. I think the merit, the world ran with it. Yeah, but then like you know, but the, but then you know, any Christmas song is basically done by like Justin Bieber or anybody <laughs> or, <laughs> who are obviously doing it out of some kind of contractual obligation. I, I, I I'm not big fan on the whole. <laughs> kind of, okay, so to get onto the good side of things, so uh, on the music front. Like I said, I'm a big fan of uh-huh. Mannheim Steamroller. But uh, one of my favorite songs, actually, uh, a couple of them are uh, Little Drummer Boy by uh, David Bowie and Bing Crosby. Okay. That one I just kind of like because they're both at, at that point in their careers were just like they could just do it because they wanted to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and then I, I love like a really good Christmas parody song. Okay. Like uh, I Am Santa Claus by Bob Rivers. It's a parody of Iron, of Iron Man by Black Sabbath. Okay. <laughs> I've not heard that one. No, no, I'll, I'll have to play it for you. So. <laughs> and then, uh, of, of course, like Cheech and Chong with uh, Santa Claus and his old lady. Uh-huh. And uh, the McKenzie brothers uh, with, with, with the 12 Days of Christmas uh, from Strange Brew. Oh, I never saw it. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> Yay, eh? And then, of course, you know... <laughs> see, I know, I re- see, here's the thing. I remember them because my parents used to watch uh, SCTV. That's that, some fire, eh? Yeah. That, that's how they, yeah, that's how they got started. It was like the Canadian version of uh, Saturday, Saturday Night, Night Live. Yeah. And it was like yeah. all those all those guys. Rick yeah, Rick Moranis was, was on there. Yeah. Um, all of those guys were a lot of people. John Candy used yeah. to be mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was like the uh, yeah. you know Canadian version of uh, Saturday Night Live. Yeah. My oh, parents yeah, used exactly. to watch that. So yeah, and then uh, and then you know, and this this is the thing about being a gamer. You know, there's not a lot of stuff you can go. Oh yeah, this is a great Christmas. Like uh, my one of my absolute favorite games of all time it just happens to be set in Christmas. Is a uh, Parasite Eve, a great mm-hmm. PlayStation One game. It's it's a a New York detective uh, is hunting down a, you know bad stuff on Christmas, but it's just kind of interesting how it's all connected. But then of course that leads to bad Christmas games like uh, like the like you know the Grinch adventures and stuff. That the Grinch adventures, yeah, that that ignore the events of the movie and just or or re, just rehash them at, at times. But uh, you know, but that's one of my favorite games and. Yeah, you know, and then just movies. Uh, like I said, my my wife and kid love National Lampoon. Mm-hmm. I, I love uh, a Christmas story. But I'm sorry, my, the the best Christmas movie, hands down for me, is Die Hard. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, Rob. Okay. Well, um, I will get to, to a few because yeah, sorry, I, I, no, no, no. It's okay. It's totally fine. How much time um, you got? About a minute. About two. Oh, about oh, a minute and a half. Oh well, so. actually, you can. Uh, I got the be- world's best parody song, Christmas parody song. Keep okay. up if you want to hear that. Is that the Ding Fries? Yeah, okay. that's that. That's it. That's it. Right, um, well, yeah, since we're on the subject of parody songs, that's so yeah, this stuff. is uh, possibly the best parody song or best Christmas song ever. This is the only song, and it's kind of a tradition now on the show because I play this every yeah. last show. Before I remember Christmas, this one from so. last year. Okay, <laughs> so and here it is, and uh, we'll I'll explain it after it's done. Oh, hold on. No, I will, or I won't. Because it's been kind of a pain in the butt. Ding fries it done. Ding fries it done. Ding fries it done. Ding fries it done. I gotta run. I gotta run. I gotta run. I gotta run. I work at Burger King making flamethrower whoppers. I wear paper hats. Would you like an apple pie with that? Would you like an apple pie with that? Ding fries it done. Ding fries it done. Ding fries it done. Ding fries it done. I gotta run. I gotta run. I gotta run. I gotta run. Don't touch the fries in hot fat. It really 
hurts bad and so do skin grafts. Would you like an apple pie with that? Would you like an apple pie with that? Wait for the bell. Can't hear the bell. Where is the bell? Wait for the bell. Ding fries are done. Ding fries are done. And, of course, that was Peter Griffith from The Family Guy. Um, uh, Seth, uh, wrote, Seth uh, McFarlane. 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 Uh, who voices Peter and writes for that show? And uh, I, th- I thought that was the funniest parody ever. I, I, I enjoy. <laughs> if, if I have to listen to a Christmas song once a year, that's it. And this is the only time I listen to uh-huh. it. So yeah, that's a good way. Um, Eric good way. says, "Paradise Eve one and two are the best horror games ever." Yeah. What is it? So which that, game? Well, uh, Parasite, Parasite Eve. Eve one and two. I never yeah. heard of those. Yeah, the first yeah, one's the only that. Christmas one though. The second one is not set during. Christmas. So, gotcha. uh, but it is time for that hard break. And when we get back, it'll be a quiz time. So if you get your trivia mind set, and seven seven five five one five four one four one. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show Christmas Special. Woo-hoo. And it is time to participate in the Sporkle Pub Quiz with Scott. First off, anyone can participate. Quizmaster Scott will be here, or like he is right now, to ask you a multiple choice question and provide you a list of possible answers. Call in to 775-515-4141 with the correct answer and you win. Guess the wrong answer and we hang up on you. But quickly call back and guess again before someone else beats you to the call and once uh, someone does guess the right answer that person wins you can't win unless you call and you can't call unless you are listening so i hope you're listening uh hello scott how are you doing good how are you i'm all right um by the way happy birthday thank you thank you very 20, much 26 p- people in 26 countries now know that today is your birthday <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> uh, so what can you win tonight tonight you can win a gift certificate courtesy of Dreamwall comics in carson city we also have a concession collector gift pack from four four aquaman and lost kingdom courtesy of galaxy theaters carson city both prizes and make great gifts for your pop culture comrades uh just something to keep in mind so if you want to call in and win something for them or from them or for them, actually, then, uh, yeah, feel free. Uh, so, Scott, what is the question for this week on Christmas Eve? All right, we got another Christmas question. Um, Home Alone, the 1990 holiday classic, has garnered an estimated $476.7 million worldwide on a measly $18 million budget. The actor Danny Warhol who played the pizza delivery boy in Home Alone, was paid only 440 bucks for his role. But which famous A-list star was paid even less? Hmm. A, Joe Pesci. B, Catherine O'Hare. C, Macaulay Culkin. D, John Candy. Or E, Daniel Stern. Well, this one I'm going to have to say that I honestly have never seen Home Alone, so I have no idea. I I don't even. I are all of these people actually in the movie? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. 
They're all the major stars. I didn't know this. <laughs> I've never seen it. Okay. Um, that's interesting to know. Um, so, uh, all right. Uh, let me see here. And, uh, oh, Spencer's back on track. Uh, what about you, Rob? I'm still... Like it's uh, A, Joe Pe- Pesci, mm-hmm. B, Catherine O'Hare, mm-hmm. C, Macaulay Culkin, D, John Candy, or E, Daniel Stern. Oh, and quite a Christmas gift you got from your I team. I can't remember what it, he was. Uh, she was. Ma- he was. Macaulay Culkin? Yeah. He was the, uh, the whole star of that. No, I know. I can't remember what letter he was. Oh, that's my C. vote. Okay, C. Oh, uh, you're wrong. <laughs> I know we just said it out loud. Oh well. Well, uh, oh, there's one. There's one. Obvious, there's one choice uh, down. How could you miss the question, Eric? It's been said twice. Let's say it again. Home Alone, the 1990 holiday classic, has garnered an estimated 476.7 million dollars worldwide on a measly 18 million dollar budget. Actor D. Danny Warhol, who played the delivery boy in Home Alone, was paid only four hundred and forty dollars for his role. But famous a which but which famous A list act star was paid even less? A. Joe Pesci, B. Catherine O'Hare, C. Macaulay Culkin, D. John Candy, or E. Daniel Stern. If you think you might know, seven seven five five one five four one four one. If you call in and you get it wrong, that one will be taken off the list, and it'll reduce it down to four until we get one person with one right answer. So, go ahead, Eric. Oh, I gave and you a if question. you're if if you're listening, uh, you're already down. Uh, you already know Shh. one that's not right. Shh. <laughs> Shh. Maybe they've all had uh, adult beverages and they can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> a wee bit too much eggnog, Eric. You're wrong. <laughs> just so you know uh, so Eric's already guessed wrong um, and so has uh, Rob so alright uh, you know congratulations I, I you're, am the champion yeah, well, yeah. yeah so far um, <laughs> so congratulations on your Atlanta Falcons winning today thank you very much I, uh, did Jacksonville play yet? yeah did they win? no oh <laughs> I'm so sorry I know oh. you, you see you your team hands my team a gift by beating the Texans. But do they reciprocate by winning so that they can just – no, they don't. They have to lose. And so everything's still <laughs> still a mess in the AFC South, so I'm kind of disappointed about that. Yeah. But anyway, but I, at least – I, don't, at least I a, don't have much hope. At least the Falcons did their job, I mean, but so <laughs> – That's all you could ask for. But at least I gave you a win on your birthday. That's all you can ask for, right? Yes, that's true. So. And uh, my fantasy football – uh, team is not in last place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike the, uh, never mind. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> but it, hasn't this year been just absolutely weird with football? Have you noticed that? What do you mean? Uh, you mean? Well, because it's like, all right, for a good example, uh, last week the um, San Diego Chargers got stomped like a narc at a biker rally by the uh, o- Oakland Ra- or the Las Vegas Raiders. And then they come back and they almost beat, of all people, the Bills today or last night or whatever. So it's like it's teams that were losing horribly one week are winning the next week and vice versa. So, like, it's just kind of weird because, like, uh, who was it? Dallas played. Who was it they played today? Okay. They played Miami Dolphins. Yeah, the Dolphins, who got beat last week by somebody else. And so Dallas got beat by them this week. It's like, and everybody's losing to everybody. It's kind of weird. 
No, people, will, they'll lose one week and win another. It's well, cool. you know, it is that old any given Sunday thing, right? Well, yeah, but this year they're really living up to that. I mean, it's, it's got to be driving those sportsbook people up a wall. But, you know. But anyway, I just thought it was kind of weird how that's been going on this, this year. Um, so, and Godzilla's breaking records. So you got to be happy about that, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so are you going to be checking out the black and white version when it comes out in theaters? Yeah. What what was that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, we're. Oh, okay. Of course I am. Well, see, I'm not. <laughs> I will because I didn't get a chance to see it. So what? Oh, yeah. You will not be disappointed. Yeah. Even in black and white, I think it'll still it'll hold up. Even in black and white, it'll still have a good story. And you want to know the worst part about it is that um, let's see, last Wednesday. Um, at like seven o'clock, I finally got a chance to look at my emails and that morning, um, galaxy theater sent me a free movie pass to go see Godzilla that day at six <laughs> 30. Oh. <laughs> I was all for real. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That, that's kind of my luck with stuff. But yeah, anyway. no, exactly. I was like, okay, well, I guess I gotta start checking my email. Like if I can in the morning, like, <laughs> all right, Scott, you got any big plans for tomorrow? Uh, nope, just going to stay in um, uh, for a birthday Jesus. present. My girlfriend got me a uh, collection of Ash vs. Evil Dead. So I'm oh, probably nice. going to have an Ash vs. Evil Dead marathon. Nice. Awesome. Did you get, did, so there, there you go. The TV series? Those, those are well, great. Or just the movies? No, the TV series. No, just the series. Oh, just cool. Awesome. I, I own all so, the seasons. Well, have you seen the series? The or is... too. Have you seen the series, or or, or, is, or yeah. is this? Yes, I've seen the series. I actually got stars to see the series, and then um, unfortunately, it was the most pirated show, <laughs> um, and uh, they got canceled because they were not bringing in the money that stars wanted. Yeah, but uh, it, it is it is kind of funny how they basically brought the uh, director's cut ending of Army of Darkness back for the ending of the show. I know. <laughs> that is kind of funny. It's like, oh well, both of them ended with him being in the future, and then nothing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that great? All right. Well, thank you very much for the uh, question. Uh, so, if you want to uh, give, try and give, win some uh, prizes here, uh, or I might have to shoot Spencer again, <laughs> or Rob. <laughs> yeah, poor Rob got more, got it more than me, and I, that's oh, not well, an invitation then, to shoot okay, me. More. Well, it is actually if you say that. <laughs> See, Spencer was made a mistake. We had a gift to exchange before the show, and Spencer made a mistake of giving me a Nerf gun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was expecting him to shoot at the funk. At the, yes, uh, I am Pratt five year old. Oh then. yeah, I'm going to. Oh, I will. Yeah, and then because yeah, he is such a big fan of Chris Pratt, after all. <laughs> mm, okay, I'm really not. But anyway, well, it was kind of the point. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay, down too much. And now you know why the state of Nevada. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. I knew I should have done a background check first. Yeah. Yeah. You, you do not give to me a gun, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> or, or fireworks. Or, or, or fireworks? Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. I like that. We'll, we'll oh, save yeah. that for the uh, July 4th show. <laughs> no comment on that one, actually. That, that's one of those things that I would, I would, it's like a like a plot in uh, X-Files. It'll be mentioned once and never again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, Scott. Well, thank you. Have a Merry Christmas, sir. You have a Merry Christmas and everybody listening, a happy holidays. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. And uh, and a happy birthday. Thank you very much. All right. So, 
on with the show. Yeah, if, so yeah. I guess we should pick up where we left off with uh, yes. Robin and his, and his good and bads and of, for the holidays. Goodness. So uh, what is uh, your list of the worst collaborations in okay. for Christmas? So to start it off, one of the worst, I think, absolutely is A Very Brady Christmas. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, Did it actually have an actual Santa Claus in it, or was it? Just I can't a even remember, but it was awful. <laughs> yeah, terrible. he just remembers the he just remembers um, the pain it caused. You know, <laughs> 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 I used to like the Brady Bunch, and then no, like that was so bad. Yeah, like um, yeah, um, and then then one of one of um, one of my the, my favorite. Um, or I shouldn't say favorite, but uh, favorite worst, I guess, is uh, the Larry, the cable guy, spectacular Christmas show. Ew. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> he needed a Christmas special. No. <laughs> Not. <laughs> no, he didn't. He, he needed one about as much as he needed another hole in his head. Mm-hmm. And I, I hate to say it, but I am not a fan of Home Alone. Like, I, I, I'm such not a fan. I've never seen it. It's, I... I'm just, I'm so, I don't know. I guess I'm just so over. Same thing with Elf. Oh, like, if yeah, I yeah, never yeah. see Elf again, I will be so happy. Yeah, I'm not, like, I'm, it's like I can understand why people like Elf, but I am not I one do. of them. Yeah, no, I'm not one of them. I liked it when it first came out, but now it's like well, jarring and irritating. Well, well yeah, the, the, the grown up man child thing is re- Will Ferrell and, I, and, I'm and John C. Riley really Bob drove Newhart, that into, you know, yeah, so it's really like, drove that into the ground. It, it's really hard because, like, I really like Bob Newhart, you know? Yeah. <laughs> See, I've never seen that movie, and I it's act, okay. You're I actually not, you're avoid not that movie much. though. Yeah. So because it has Will Ferrell yeah. in it, it has like <clears throat> the worst horrible lines. Like, yeah, quote like the the quotable lines. You know? Oh well, thank you for giving me even more reason um. to watch it. <laughs> Well, I, I, I think after what it's been out what twenty some years now. Really? I, I don't think. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think you're under any obligation to have to look, seek it out now. <laughs> well, look at look at Home Alone. I mean, Macaulay Culkin's are getting it. He know, just got his star. He just got it, he, and, and he just signed up for Medicare. I mean, that's how long it's been since I've seen that one. <laughs> for Pete's sake. Uh, and, but um, yeah, so that, those are like my high on like the. The, the bad like collaborations and the best the best um my go-tos i love krampus um i always watch that every year i just watched that actual um, just before i watched rebel moon today nice i love <laughs> i love krampus it's just it has a great bleak ending um <laughs> for christmas so uh that's one of my favorites uh nightmare before christmas obviously well obviously and that's um, a musical too by the way i know okay but that's animated, and I don't count that as the same oh, lines blah, as. Blah, blah. Yeah, actually, <laughs> actually, funny. Our, we have a family tradition of watching that on thanks on Thanksgiving to split the difference between Halloween and Christmas. Mm-hmm. Good, good choice. Actually, <laughs> you can watch it anytime between the between those two mm-hmm. holidays. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so yeah, good choice. Um, I also like um, Black Christmas. There's three different versions, but I like the most recent version. <laughs> okay. Or I'm sorry, not the most recent, but the second most recent with Katie Cassidy. Okay. Um, it just has. I don't know. It's one of my favorite, like, little slashers. And I enjoy, like, for those of you that have not seen it, it recent uh, has recently joined my foray of Christmas movies with, like, Die Hard, of course, too, is uh, Violet Night with David Harbour. Oh, oh yeah, you know, yeah, the I one that just came out not too long ago. Yeah, movie. last yeah. year. Absolutely a great movie. Like, okay. absolutely a great movie. Yeah, I've been meaning um, to check that out. I will definitely put it so higher on the watch list now. Yeah, so that's definitely, like, like on my, like, to-do, like, 
watch movie, you know, watch. Check them out. And then, and then as far as TV specials go, it's like I watch. I'm so happy that Disney Plus puts all the Christmas specials, like for <laughs> The Simpsons, all in one place. Yeah, I was going to say, so not, not all of them. You don't have to search through each season to see which one has a Christmas episode. It's all right there. So. Oh, good. <laughs> I like those, and I always rewatch uh, American Dad Christmas, all their Christmas specials because they are uh, oh. in continuity uh-huh. uh, for the most part. And um, Futuramas as well are in continuity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so those ones are always a go-to. And then as far as music goes, um, I like kind of like the Tom Petty like um, songs that he has for he Christmas. Christmas songs? Yes. They're not, oh, your, they're not your traditional. It's, yeah, pretty it's, much everybody has at some point, and whether or not they're more or less traditional yeah. is... Well, you know, know he I've doesn't sing like the, the Jingle Bells. I've never or, heard you know. these Static X Christmas songs, so I don't... <laughs> well, I, haven't, I don't know what you're referring uh, I, to. I, I, I heard <laughs> Yeah, ironically, Bad Religion has a pretty good Christmas album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, album. Yeah, album. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what about uh, Metallica? Did they, uh, they never did anything Christmas? No, but they really. But their S and M album is absolutely awesome. Oh yeah, I, I actually um, own that one. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, but um, I also like Kelly Clarkson. Um, she had, does some really good Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's funny is that Cher actually released a new song this year. And <laughs> Kelly Clarkson did a cover of it for her mm-hmm. Kelly Oki. Absolutely, Kelly Clarkson should have been given that song and not share. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I saw, you know, I, I went to a. What if Cher wrote the song, though? I, I don't know, but do you yeah, know what I, I mean? Know. It was like one of those. Cher was very happy and she was very, she was like a very approving of it, which is awesome. But unfortunately, Cher's at that point where they just auto tune her, her out yeah. too much, like wow. way too much. And it's just like, ugh. <laughs> Kind of like Ozzy Osbourne? Yes. Well, it's yeah. kind of... It's yeah, kind of oh, like, see, the, uh, who was it? It was Ozzy Osbourne. Or who was that one girl? They did a Christmas song uh, or something. Christmas song? Well, I know he did a duet with Lita Ford. That was, <laughs> that was like 80s. Yes. It was like, yeah. no, more yeah. recent. Uh, the uh, one, yeah, the more recent, I have no idea. Uh, it was, uh, gosh, I can't remember her name. She was really popular, too. I know Lady Gaga did like some collaborations with like Tony Bennett. Yeah, I remember that too, but it wasn't Christmas. It wasn't that? Okay. Um, No, it was Ozzy Osbourne and uh, the one who was a dingbat, and she had a TV show with her husband. Ariana Grande? No. Oh, with her husband? Yeah. Jessica Uh, Simpson? Simpson? Yeah. Huh. That had to have been way old, dude, because like, your show has been off like for like 10 years. She's still alive, so it's not that old. Anyway, um, with that music, it means it's time for us to take a break, and we'll be back with more show right after this. Back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Christmas special. And uh, we just got done uh, going over our list of uh, our Festivus list of grievances. Um, <laughs> for, <laughs> for no other way to phrase it, for stuff we don't like about, you know, collaborations for Christmas. I, I named a couple of good ones. Uh, Spencer yeah. named some good ones. Uh, Rob really named some really good yeah. ones. Yeah, and, and then you pointed out this, a duet from <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne yeah. and Jessica Simpson. <laughs> yeah, that was Walking in a Winter Wonderland. Yeah. 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 Please uh, stay away from any uh, Nevada approved drugs. And going on and checking that one out. Oh, let me tell you, it takes more than that to listen to that. Oh, yeah, yeah. well, yeah, but you don't want to be on anything while you listen to okay, it. Yeah, is what I'm saying. I, I just looked it up to, to confirm that there, there's there's rumors that Russia used uh, "Believe" by Cher as a torture as a torture device 
for some Believe. people. Oh, and, <laughs> yeah. and I think that they could add that that song by Ozzy, add uh, Winter Wonderland with by uh, Ozzy and and Jessica Simpson to that list. Right. Oof. See, the first thing when you said believe, uh, I thought for some reason that song, I believe in a thing called that love. was Remember like her that? Oh, The Darkness. Yeah, I yeah. love that song. That was like her first like overly auto-tuned yes, like, song. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. that thing was horrible. Oh. <laughs> so anyway. The video was like terrible too. If you want to win some stuff tonight, you have to call and answer the trivia question, which is Home Alone, the 1990 holiday classic has garnered an estimated $476.7 million worldwide on a measly $18 million budget. Actor D. Danny Warhol, who played the delivery boy in Home Alone, was paid only $440 for his role. But which famous A-list star was paid even less? A. Joe Pesci. B. Okay, I did say it right. B. Catherine O'Hare. C. Macaulay Culkin. D. John Candy. Or E. Daniel Stern. 775-515-4141. And give your answer. A, B, C, D, or E. If you get the wrong answer, then you can... uh, We'll tell you you did, and then we hang up, and then you call right back and give a different answer. Um, And then we just keep going until somebody wins or the show ends, whichever comes first. So let's get to the big news story of this past week, which was Amazon Studios is moving forward with its Warhammer 40K live-action project. Games Workshop announced that it had finalized the agreement with Amazon Studios to create Warhammer 40K live-action TV and movie projects plural. While wow. Amazon and Games Workshop had first announced the agreement in principle last year, it took over a year for the two companies to hash out final details of the contracts. Uh, you're still wrong, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with uh, the legalities of the partnership out of the way, Games Workshop explained that they were now working out all of the creative details determining which project to first push into the screenwriting stage. All we can tell you right now is that an elite band of screenwriters, it sounds like the start of a movie as it is. All we can tell you right now is that an elite band of screenwriters will each with their own particular passion for Warhammer is being assembled to help bring the setting and characters you love to the screen. Games Workshop wrote in a post announcing the finalized contract. And they also put, and I quote, this illustrious group will be championed by Henry Cavill, who stands ready to take his place as executive producer, bringing his pin, sword, and or spear to the project. For those who aren't familiar with the Warhammer 40K universe, it's a grimdark sci-fi and fantasy universe where the only constant is war and death. Sounds very cheery. Yeah, remember uh, I was telling you about it once where uh, basically a giant troop transport ship to to go faster than light. It literally goes through a pocket dimension of hell and half the people surviving the trip uh, is considered a successful run. (laughs) (laughs) I hope those tickets are refundable. (laughs) I'm serious. Excuse me. I think Uh, you signed a waiver. (laughs) No. Uh, While there are dozens of competing factions within the universe of the world, none can be considered truly good, and even the heroes of the universe are constantly faced with horrific choices and have their hands stained with the blood of innocence. While the concept might seem depressing, Game Workshop has really struck a delicate balance between satire, striking visuals, and amazing and heartbreaking stories where every character is left scarred even in victory. According to Game Workshop, it could be several years before we get any sort of concrete details about Amazon Studios' plans for the Warhammer 40K universe. 
Um, I'm glad that Henry Cavill is signed on for more than yes. just being uh, the face of the franchise. Yeah, because yeah, that will, you especially know, since he has a passion for it, that'll mm-hmm. really help. Well, he had a passion for the I, Witcher, he was too. The one who was, he was the one who was pushing it really badly, yeah. too. So yeah. Well, yeah, I, but I think that like he deserved to have a role other than just well, a role. <laughs> well, I, I think yeah, he, uh, him being an executive producer, um, mm-hmm. I think he should be showrunner. Yeah. Uh, period. Because yeah, with with The Witcher, he wasn't, and I think no. that was that was, even with a passion for it, he wasn't involved no. in the behind the scenes. No, and stuff, that was with this and that, he is. And some from some of the stuff that I read, that was part of the reason why he left. Is that he was like, no, 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 this is what we would do. This is how it would go, and the people who apparently never even played the game or read the books, anything, were like, "No, no, no, we're going this way," you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he would tell them, "No, that's not yeah. the fan lore. You got to go for the." Mm-hmm. They're just like, yeah. do the typical Hollywood, which and- is why, like, <clears throat> when they're bringing on the new character, he's not even going to be playing Geralt. So good, yeah. Mm. Which I'm glad because I'm like, seriously, like, you can't replace him as Geralt. No, no. But I under, but especially you know, with uh, the Witcher Liam has other stories to tell. Yeah, he'd be you know, Ger- so. he'd be Geralt from Wish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't but, want that. But you know, the Witcher universe has other stories to tell. So hopefully, they can come up with something. So, yeah, hopefully. hopefully. Yeah. <clears throat> so last week, DC finally shared the alternate ending to Batman number four twenty eight, the issue in which Jason Todd was killed. As longtime fans will remember, the outcome of the issue was subject to a vote. Fans called a 900 number, which charged a fee to their phone bill and made their voices, but made it made their voices known, voting to get rid of the second Robin. Over the years, a few panels and pages from the alternate ending had resurfaced, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until this month that DC released a new version of Batman number 428 with colored and lettered versions of the alternate pages. Hmm. So you get to see uh, titled Batman Robin Lives. The one shot gives fans a glimpse of what might have been. Not that we lost much since Jason Todd is back in action and has been for over a decade anyway. Yeah, but he did stay dead longer than a lot of other comic book characters these days. Yep. Some Mm. may misremember it as an issue that ends abruptly when the body is found, and there's more to it than that. And obviously, every page after that, the moment of discovery is totally different if Robin is alive instead of dead. One particularly cool thing to see fully realized, as noted by the beat, is a scene in which Dick Grayson shows up to show shows up to show up. What shows up to show up? That's what it says. Dick Grayson shows up to show up in the in the period during which the story takes place took place, Batman and his original ward had a pretty rocky relationship. That was actually one of the big things of the post-crisis of, of infin, Infinite Earth's era, picking up on the complicated relationship they had in the Marv Wolfman-George Perez volume of the new, new Teen Titans. A deluxe edition hardcover for A Death in the Family. Editorial notes indicate that Alfred would have been would have replaced Nightwing in the scene had Jason survived. The vote and the pages had been published at the time. There is no indication that the Nightwing list pages were ever drawn. But it's hmm. interesting to wonder if, even now, there is still some lost media for Batman number 428. It's interesting to see DC published this what-if style book for a Death in the Family comic book since Warner Brothers Home Entertainment also recently released an animated movie done in a choose-your-own-adventure style so that you can tell various different stories set within that tale. Huh. So yeah, there's a collector's item if you choose to go and get it. Collector alert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So the Merc with the Mouth may be on a movie number three, but Deadpool is relaunching with a new number one. 
Of course it is. Yes. Of course. After Alicia Wong and Martin Cocole uh, re- relaunched the title for a 10-issue nine-volume ninth volume in November 2022, Marvel Comics announced that writer Cody Zeglar and artist Raghu Antonio are will launch their new run on the character with Deadpool Volume 10, number one in April 2024. The ongoing solo series just came just before Marvel Studios entitled Deadpool 3, starring Ryan Reynolds as Wade Wilson and Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, hits theaters on July 26th. Mm-hmm. Wade's been one of my favorite characters since I first got into superhero comics, so being able, asked to helm a Deadpool series was a dream come true, Zaglar said. I look forward to diving into and exploring Wade's family found or otherwise, his unique to a, approach to being a mostly unkillable mercenary, as well as mostly, hmm, I wonder why he threw mostly in there, as well see what kind of kind of wackos they bring into his orbit, added Antonio. Deadpool has always been on the list of characters I'd like to draw one day, and that's finally happening for me. He is one of the most fun characters and allows me to play with him a lot, artistically speaking. Well, what, do you think he's a Toy. I can't wait to see the readers' reactions. The relaunch will focus on Wade and his mutant daughter Ellie, and his his new nemesis Death Grip. <laughs> Death Grip. Death Grip. Not to be confused with Death Grip, a short-lived villain from the pages of Captain Marvel. Anyway, <clears throat> so Deadpool number one coming soon to a comic book shop near you. Another another collector's alert. Yep. And this week also saw the final issues of a number of Marvel comic books, both series and miniseries. Original X-Men is a one-shot. Uncanny Spider-Man comes to the end of its miniseries, as does Uncanny Avengers, both heading into the Fall of X finale. The Astonishing Iceman also comes to an end in it. And comes to the end of its Fall of X series, but is uh, but is Doctor Strange also comes to a conclusion with what was thought to be an ongoing series with issue number ten, mm-hmm. uh, because despite solicitations for January and February, the promise of being made for a brand new Doctor Strange for next year, hmm? uh, the promise is being made for a brand new Doctor Strange for next year. So I think they mix hmm. up Doctor Doom and Doctor Strange. No. That- uh, so will it be Wong or Clea again? Uh, somebody brand new, perhaps. But uh, so well, didn't they just bring Stephen Strange back to life? Yes, and they had Clea as the uh, uh, Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah, for yeah, the, yeah, for the villain form while he was gone. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so those yeah, are. So what I mean, man, death is just like man flu in, in particular the Marvel universe. But. Yeah, it can be. And so let's get into the comic books that'll be released next week on Wednesday, December 27th. At least here, I highlight the number one issues. Uh, what? Uh, when is the fourth film coming? Fourth film for what? What are you talking about? Oh, so I don't know what you're talking about. Our fourth film of Thor? Thor's the only one that's going to four that I know of. Um, Thor is four was Love and Thunder. Because you had, you had Thor, Dark World, uh, Ragnarok, oh, you're right. then Love and Thunder. So that was the fourth so, Thor. Yeah, number five. Number five is going to be coming out soon. Oh, really? I haven't heard. I haven't heard them announce it or anything. Oh, yeah, they've announced it, and it's going to be. A, it's going to have Loki in it. So oh, it's going yeah. to be interesting to see how Loki and Thor get along now. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I just blocked it because uh, I, I don't believe them been, anymore. There's only been two Doctor Strange movies. Uh, yeah, just mm-hmm. Doctor Strange and uh, the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Yep. So, the, but they are pushing a third one pretty hard. Mm-hmm. So, 
uh, speaking of, uh, never mind. I'm not even going to say that. Anyway, that was a bad meme that I saw regarding uh, Marvel and uh, the Kang problem oh. they have. The problem uh, with yes. Kang. Apparently, anyway. they're still going to have Kang as their big bad villain. Yeah, just going to recast them. It's, yeah. it's not like the MCU that, that, has they're going to recast them. That, but that instead it had to of yeah. having all the multiple Kangs, they're now going to have different lower level villains, is what I heard. Uh, Say so they they just had to uh, run Roddy, uh, Roddy Downey Jr. Is that am I saying his name right? Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> he uh um that when he was in uh, oh, Tropic Thunder. Oh yeah, when he was Kirk Lazarus. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They, they, they made they, that somebody they, made a meme that 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 veteran actor Kirk Lazarus will be taking over the the role of Kang. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. So That's it was actually, hilarious. It was pretty funny. Uh so here are the uh I highlight the number one issues and or major story or anniversary issues that are being released because those are the ones that have the most value to collectors and investors. Don't base your buying decisions solely on my opinion. It after all is only my opinion. To keep the list to a minimum, I do not include any trade paperbacks, graphic novel collections, hardcover, softcover, volumes, or reprints if you're an independent comic book company or creator. And have something coming out in twenty twenty four, please let me know by sending me an email at popculturekaboom at gmail dot com. Put upcoming comics in the subject line and include in the body of the email. Email the publishers, name the title of the Booker Books, when the Booker Books will be coming out, and the issue number so I can add them to my lists in the future. First up from Ardvark Vanum is Cerebus in Hell presents Miracle Man Vark number one one shot with two cover variants. American, American Mythology Productions has Legend Fell number one. Antarctic Press has Niobe Birthright number one one shot with two cover ver- version variants. Planet Comics, number 25, with two cover variants. Boom Studios has Book of Butcher, number one one-shot, with a wallet-busting seven cover variants. The longest title of the um, week goes to Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Black and White Edition, number one, <laughs> with a wallet-busting five cover variants. Wow, the Ninja Turtles are teaming with the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? Oh, they've done it before. For the second time for a Black and White yeah. Edition. Uh, DC Comics says Action Comics 2023 Annual Number One One Shot with a wall busting five cover variants. New Teen Titans Number One Facsimile Edition with two cover variants, which is kind of odd because back then when George there Perez was drawing variants. it, there weren't two variants. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dren Productions After Dark has Flesh Eating Cheerleaders 1969 Number One with two cover variants. Image Comics has Duke Number One of Five with a wall busting eight cover variants. Duke. From G.I. Joe. Oh wow. oh, wow. Marvel Comics has Deadly Hands of Kung Fu Gang War, number one, with four cover variants. Giant Size Superstars, number one, facsimile edition. Timeless, number one, with a wallet busting seven cover variants. Wolverine by Claremont and Miller, number one, with two cover variants. When there weren't cover variants, Scout Comics has Rad Wraith Double Feature, number one, with two cover variants. Scout Comics Chispa has 13 Origins, The Wake, number one, one shot with two cover variants. Titan Comics has Forgotten Runes World Wizards Cult number zero of ten, and Forgotten Runes Wizards Cult number one of ten with four cover variants. Valiant Entertainment, been a long time since we heard from them, has Ninjak Super Killers number one of two. <laughs> Xenoscope Entertainment has Bell House of Glass Slippers number one one shot with a walla busting five cover variants. And those are your comics coming out for the last week of 2023. Well, that music means for its uh, top of the hour break time. If you missed any part of the show, that means that uh, you can go and check out the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast, which is available courtesy of 97 and Now Productions and is available on any 
of your favorite podcast platforms. More Pop Culture Boom Radio Show right after this, so don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And to my left, Spencer Stoner. To my right, Rob Nault. And I am your not so humble host, Jimmy Jones. Yeah, stuck in the middle with you. Mm, stuck in the middle with everybody. <laughs> Between you two guys. But anyway, um, so if you would like to participate in the trivia question tonight, 775-515-4141. And the question is from a Sporkle Pub Quiz with Scott is Home Alone, the 1990 holiday classic, has garnered an estimated $476.7 million worldwide on a measly $18 million budget. Actor D. Danny Warhol, who played the delivery boy in Home Alone, was paid only $440 for his role, uh, but which famous A-list star was paid even less? Is it A. Joe Pesci, B. Catherine O'Hare, C. Macaulay Culkin, D, John Candy, or E, Daniel Stern. And uh, that is the trivia question. So let's get back to some news. Uh, it looks like 2024 will get an early start on the record books in terms of vintage comic book sales, as Heritage Auctions has just announced a shock and awe slate of high-end comics will be heading hitting the auction block in their 2024 January 11th through 11th through January 11th through January 14th comics and comic art signature registered trademark auction number 7358 offerings include the highest graded copies of amazing spider-man number one wow showcase number four which was the first silver age flash Brave and the Bold, number 28, which was the first Justice League, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. All-Star Comics, number 8, which was the first Justice Society. Mm-hmm. Other mm-hmm. highlights include Superman, number 1, which is a CGC 7.0. Oh, which is not bad for a comic book that old. Yep. Almost 100 years old. CGC 7, uh, and Batman, number 1, CGC 7.0. The Amazing Spider-Man, CGC grade 9.8. Wow. Wowzers. I don't know how that happened. Oh, this is how. Um, it is from a curator pedigree, a collection assembled by a former museum worker from the 1950s and 80s and stories in the institute and stored in, C- in the institution's vaults. Oh. <laughs> that's that's well, why it's a 9.8. Oh, that explains a lot, yeah. <laughs> it is one of two copies of this issue at the top of the CGC census and CGC 9.8, but this will be the first time that a CGC 9.8 has hit public auction. Oh. By way of comparison, a CGC 9.6 copy sold for, you want to take a guess? Uh, let's see, uh, Spider-Man number one, uh, $700,000. $700,000. Uh, what do we got, Rob? $1.2 million. Okay, you're both uh, guessing way too high. $520,380 this year uh, mm-hmm. superman number one cgc 7.0 is another particularly noteworthy item yeah, in this that one's auction definitely get over a million yeah as that grade places it among the top four best known copies mm. so and in and and in 2022 private sale the cgc 8.0 edgar church mile high copy of superman number one sold for uh, how do you like one point one at least one million dollars? 
1.2. And you both guessed too low. 5.3 million dollars. Oh, wow. oh wow, yeah. I, I was thinking I was going way too high just uh, when I was thinking 1.5 mil. Wow. Mm-hmm. The all-time record price ever paid for a comic book. The Superman number 1 CGC 7.0 sold in 2021 for 2 million uh, 2.6 million. Original art offers are highlighted by John Ramada Sr.'s Amazing Spider-Man number 87 cover, George Perez and Pablo Marco's Avengers number 161 cover, and Steve Ditko's Amazing Spider-Man number 29 story, page 15, among others. Heritage Signature Auction number 7358 is open for bidding now, with items closing January 11th through the 14th, 2024. So if you want to hop on that and uh, get yourself some Yeah, if you have a couple million dollars to spare, yeah. If you got that loose change and you didn't buy anybody any Christmas gifts at all for like the last 10 years years and yeah not to make it up to them just that you'll have the money saved up to actually buy some of these comic books that's all <laughs> electronic arts has one last esport presentation for esports wrc before the year closes out with the knockout trophy 23 presentation organizers basically held one last event thursday as several racers hit the virtual track in an attempt to get their hands on the last championship of the year at the end of the competition it was jonah Pakoninon, I'm totally mispronouncing that, but uh, well, he ain't listening yeah, anyway. You're doing your best you can. Who managed to come out on top in a thrilling showdown at the Somato Gaming Studio in Poland? I'm surprised I got that right. Probably didn't. Guild Esports and Finnish Sensation, uh, literally Finnish, like mm-hmm. from yeah, Finland. From Finland. Yeah, yes. Not not Finnish Sensation, but uh, Jonah. So now I'm really saying it wrong because I thought I was trying to say it like it would be uh, like Taiwanese or something. But uh, Jonah Pakonian uh, emerged as the inaugural champion of the esports WRC Knockout Trophy 23 held by the FIA World Rally Championship on EA Sports WRC. The game recently launched by Codemasters and EA Sports. Uh, Panknonin triumphed over four-time esports WRC champion Nexel in an invitation. Nexel, really, in an invitational event that brought together a dynamic blend of esports racers and content creators. The competition played out through three intense qualifying rounds, nail-biting knockout stages, and heart-stopping semifinals. Real-life drivers such as WRC2 frontrunner Miko Markazaski and ERC3 champion John Armstrong, finally a name I can pronounce, <laughs> were also in attendance. Okay. Yeah, I really don't know. Do you well, know those people? And, and, I'm any sure any esports fans I'm not a racer. are very excited I don't care right about now. racing or racing games or competing on the world I like, stage or I racing games. I like the games. ones that wake... Um, like the SpongeBob racing game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's the same. <laughs> In like the cars racing game, you know, like yeah, <laughs> Mario nothing cars. too hardcore. <laughs> I do like Forza Motorsport though. Like that one's fun. Really? Uh, what was that one? I can't remember. Crash and Burn, I think it was, where you could like literally you don't have to like play the racing aspect of it. You literally drove the car as fast as you could and tried to cause as much damage as you could. No, Carmageddon. No. It wasn't Carmageddon. It was. It was. It was like Crash and Burn. Crash and Burn. Or, yeah, it could have been a title of that, but something like that. Carmageddon had a similar concept. Ah, mm. Didn't play that one though. 
Uh, Electronic Arts has announced that the NHL 24 World Championship is currently being planned out as they have opened up pre-registrations for all teams. The company has partnered up with DreamHack for the event as they will be running a series of tournaments to pick the top two players to represent every NHL team in the eventual championship round. These events will run from January 6th until February 17th in both North America and Europe, with multiple elimination rounds happening all the way to the main championship series in April. We have the schedule and info, but I'm not going to give it to you. For those looking to take part, as you the full rules, you can read the full rules on their website. The EA Sports NHL 24 World Championship will be produced by DreamHack Sports Games. Uh, which was just said, a brand of the ESL Faceit Group, uh, the leading esports and video game entertainment company, EFG, is dedicated to creating worlds beyond gameplay and build and builds innovative ec- ecosystems that enable global communities of players, fans, and creators around esports and video games. That is not an ecosystem. <laughs> I hate to tell you. As announced in November, leading fan engagement company Rival will serve as the official tournament platform and league operator for all competitions within NHL's esports umbrella, including the EA Sports NHL World Championship. Rival provides a first-of-its-of-its-kind enterprise platform solution that empowers companies and organizations to leverage the popularity of gaming and esports to acquire new customers. Hmm. You know what I don't like about talking about esports stuff? I always feel like I'm halfway describing a nuclear reactor and I don't <laughs> okay. really understand what I'm so the words that are coming out of my mouth. But anyway, yeah, I can understand that, but but the people who do follow it that that listen are greatly appreciative. I I, I hope so. <laughs> so here are the cons and events I was able to find going on worldwide the week of December 25th through December 31st. The last ones of the year. I cannot stress enough that if you do not go to these events, they will stop happening or will not return to your area. So if you're thinking, I'll go next month, I'll go next week. No, I'll go next year, which is right around the corner, actually. But anyway, uh, they might not happen near you ever again, period. If one or more of these are going on near you, please check them out. And if they're not, check your local game, hobby, and comic book shops for great events and guest appearances as well. Um, going on in your area. If you have or know of a pop culture event coming up in your area, whether it be at the aforementioned uh, local game, hobby, or comic book shops, uh, please let me know about it. Contact me at popculturekaboom at gmail.com. Put upcoming event in the subject line and in the body of the email. Include the name of the event, the date and dates it will be running, and where it will be taking place so I can add it to my upcoming lists. First up is the Oshawa Holiday Market 2023, happening December 27th at the Harmony Creek Community Center in Oshawa, Ontario, Canada. December 27th also has Toronto Comic Book Show 2023 at the Monte Casino Casino Hotel and Event Center in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. You wouldn't think there would be anything going on in Fro- the land of Frozen on over. Well, but you know, that's, that, that's, that's very presumptuous of you. <laughs> it is. All right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> December 28th through the through January 1st is Fervester 2023. Fervester. Yes, Fervester. <laughs> <laughs> in the Hotel Fortuna Rutlingen Tübingen in Rutlingen, Germany. See, a fur event would be something I would expect in on 
in Canada. Well, this at least time of year. at least people would be warmer then. That's exactly. For sure. uh, December 29th through the 31st is Be Whiskered 2023. I wonder if that's a I was going to say, that sounds furry. Yeah, furry sounds very well. fur-orientated. Uh, Hilton it was taking place at the Hilton Durham near Duke University in Durham, North Carolina. December 29th through the 31st is Okicon 2023 at the Embassy Suites by Hilton Norman Hotel and Conference Center in Norman, Oklahoma. Gen- December 29th through January 1st is uh, Ahigacon 2023 at the Sheraton Minneapolis West Hotel in Minnetonka, Minnesota. I cannot think of Minnetonka without thinking of that movie, Purple Rain with Prince. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, January, uh, December 29th through January 1st is Doki's Winterfest 2023 at the Radisson Plaza Hotel at Kalamazoo Center in Kalamazoo, Michigan. December 30th through the 31st is Comic Market 2023 at the Tokyo Big Site at Tokyo in Tokyo, Japan. December 30th through the 31st is EOYJ Culture Festival 2023 at the Suntec Singapore Convention and Exhibit Center in Singapore. And then uh, December 30th through January 1st is the Yunyo Island 2023 uh, at the Wyndham Grand Plaza Royale Palace in Gengdu, uh, Gengdu, in, uh, Gengdu China. And last but not least, January 1st, the first one of the year, Gameathon 2024 at the Buffalo Community Center in Buffalo, uh, MN. Minnesota? That's not Minnesota, is it? No, that's MN? Maryland. Yeah. No, MN is Minnesota. Oh, Buffalo. Uh, you said Buffalo, I think New York. So I don't think of Minnesota. So sorry about that. <laughs> but I thought New York because it said Buffalo. Yeah, you don't, you don't hear much from, uh, from any place else called yeah. Buffalo. It's like Paris, Texas, you know. <laughs> but I know about Paris, Texas, okay? I didn't know there was any other city named Buffalo other than Or was it Buffalo, Hollywood, Kansas, I think it is? Like there's like Oh Hollywood. yeah, like there, there's, there's like Hollywood, a Hollywood in almost every yeah. state. Yeah. Yeah. Um Konami has released new information on the next booster set coming to the Yu-Gi-Oh trading card game as Legacy of Destruction is arriving in April. This new booster set will come with 100 cards which will break down into 10 secret rares. 14 ultra rares, 26 super rares, and 50 common cards. So half the set is rares, then they're not that rare, right? I don't know why well, they yeah, would call them that. But it's a question of ratios. <laughs> okay. Okay. The set will be 10 out of the But if, but if half super is rare. rare, then that's not really a rare good ratio. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I agree. Eventually, but... you're going to get all 100 cards, right? I mean, well, it's... yeah, but, uh, you know, you have, you have 10 cards that are like the super mega ultra super duper uh, mega rare. And, and then, you know, so that's t- only 10 out of the. 100. Well, if 10 of them are secret rares, then how do you know that's a rare? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anyway, the set will bring back memorable moments from the franchise as you'll see the final duel between Yugi Muto and a team as the team has made modern versions of Silent Magician and Silent Swordsman alongside new cards like Card of Sanctity and Ties of the Brethren. You'll also see a new version of Gandora, the Dragon of Destruction added to the mix as you see on the cover of the pack package art along with a new fire dragon theme inspired by a synchro monster the legacy of destruction deck will be released on april 26th 2024 hmm. look like you were going to say something Spencer. Uh, nope just had a niche oh okay look like you went hmm 
Hmm. Well, that's where I had the itch. I was pondering. I was pondering an itch. It's a pondering itch. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah, um, I've never been into any of these card games. Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it was pretty much a contemporary of Pokemon when it first blew up, along with Digimon. So, of course, they're all still around, but none of them really gained as much traction as Pokemon. I watched the Yu-Gi-Oh! cartoon. <laughs> That's as far as it went. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> See, I didn't even do that. See, I always compared it to, like, um, GoBots and Transformers. Right. <laughs> so I was like... Well, I was never even into Pokemon. I think it was, like, too old for it, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I See, just, I played yeah. the, I played the uh, Nintendo game. Back on the NES, not the NES, uh, the Game Boy. Android, the Game Boy. I Get used to play that all the Game time. Boy? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, that's where that's mm. where it really hit big was on the Game Boy and the Game Boy Color, and then of course it just exploded from there. See, I, I know played... my daughter plays the um, the AR version. Oh yeah, the one that you can get on cell phones, uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Pokemon you... Go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that thing was annoying. He's, all of a sudden, you see people walking around like zombies with their phone, yeah. you know, doing stupid stuff, going like, <laughs> yeah. But it does get make people go out and take a walk. You know, that's nice. Yeah, Tibet is walking him into the bad side of town. But anyway, <laughs> not always because like, not you know, always. The, well, because some of the gyms are. That's whatever, like saying the, the are, odds of getting killed by a cow are, well, because, are low, but they're never zero. Because most of the like <laughs> most of the big like fights or whatever take place in actual like public like locations, like the museum or the community center, like. Mm-hmm. You know, an actual like tourist location type. Place. Really? Yeah. See, I'd be too. I'd be the guy out there with the stupid Pokemon Go on my phone, sitting there out loud doing the uh, Star Trek fight theme. Anyway, with that, it is time for us to take a break. We'll be talking movies and, of course, our review of the Zack Snyder movie Rebel Moon Part One: Child of Fire. When we get back, so don't go anywhere. More pop culture, been radio show right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Don't you hate when you start talking before the microphone actually comes on? <laughs> Each week, the film powers that be released dozens of movies, some of which you will never hear about except yeah. Each week's upcoming releases are carefully picked over from Rotten Tomatoes, and up to five films are selected from genres that I would watch, and those genres are action, adventure, horror, science fiction, anime, or fantasy. Regardless of how mislabeled they are when you actually watch the trailer, Rob... <laughs> What's that? Regardless of how how uh, wrongly labeled they are when you go to watch the trailer, <laughs> kind of like remember those uh, mystery thrillers with a little mm-hmm. curse we were going mm-hmm. through for a while there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Anyway, uh, with that in mind, we sit through some of the most hideous trailers ever made, and we'll read you the synopsis of each film, then give you our not so humble opinions. Bear in mind, we are not professional movie critics, uh, but we do abide by a carefully crafted and patented movie rating system, which goes as follows. If it is worth seeing in a theater at full price, it is a good, not a great, that is to be determined by you if you choose to see it in a theater. If it seems worth seeing in a theater as a matinee or in your town's cheap theater, it is a so-so. If it seems worth watching on a streaming service or as a rental or however you choose to watch the film while avoiding social interaction, it is a blah. And if it is determined, it is deemed so awful you should wait for it to be on public television it is considered a touch brown. Um, so we had one movie 
one yeah, movie. So, so a light week. load this week. Very light. Uh, you know, so go, definitely going out with a whimper this year. Mm-hmm. No, no big blockbusters. I mean, I guess you could. Sit I found man. another movie that more fit into our category for this week, but okay. But, but none of us saw it. I know. Trail. I'm you, just saying. You should have handed it over. I didn't know if I could. Why not? What was I going to do? Shoot you? Uh, Is that what you're afraid yes. I was going to do? <laughs> At this point, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. You should always let me know if you find something. Because I, I literally do go through like three different types of sites. Yeah, no, no. It's no worries. Trying to find stuff. Even if it's streaming. I yeah. try and find it. But so... Yeah. No, I know. My birthday is like at the end of this week. There's nothing ever out of my birthday. Like not anymore. It used to be like in the in the 80s and the early like 90s, there used to be like the hits would come out, you know. Yeah. And now not anymore. Yeah. It's very, very light. The, and very light. And it sucks because I get like a movie ticket to go see a movie and it's like, there's nothing I want to see even for free. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's pretty sad when it's nothing you want to see for free. Right? <laughs> wow. Okay. So the only movie coming out that I could find this week is The Goldfinger. No no bad jokes, please. No, I but you, well, you, you don't want us to try and channel our inner Shirley Bassey and get, you know, Goldfinger. No, and I don't want you to channel your inner Andrew Dice Clay either and, <laughs> and say something inappropriate. Uh, when a stark stock market crash causes the sudden collapse of a multi-billion dollar company, an IC, ICAC <laughs> investigator uncovers a criminal conspiracy involving the company's founder, Ching Yat Yin and becomes ent- and becomes entangled in a long running investigation. Okay, investigation, investigation. So the so is this the Chinese version of Wolf of Wall Street, except with gangsters involved and a literal army of tax agents. I honestly don't mind foreign films, but I do mind foreign editing when it comes to putting a trailer together. No, you don't want to give everything away, but would it be asking too much that the trailer at least make some kind of sense? Please. The trailer is supposed to entice me into seeing the movie, not appall- be a- appalled by it. Touch Brown. <laughs> Flip a coin, Spencer. All right. Well, uh, first thing when I heard the title you know, was like the Bond movie. Yeah, so I, had to, so I had to fight through the whole theme song going through my head while watching the trailer. And, uh, and you know, you and I have a similar problem when it comes to watching movies of bad people doing bad things and us expecting, expecting the movie makers expecting us to care about them. This had a lot of that feeling to me. It's like, oh my goodness, you're about to be caught by the police. Oh no. I mean, <laughs> I didn't care. And, and, and I had the exact same thought that it looked like a Chinese version of Wolf of Wall Street. And it didn't have Leonardo DiCaprio, so so the lead person just does not have the same kind of charisma. It wasn't made by Martin Scorsese, so I'm I'm not sure I'm not sure uh, how how well this director can handle it. But you know, and most of all, it didn't have Margot Robbie. <laughs> okay, she practically in a lot of ways made <coughs> made uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Bless you, Gesundheit. And so. And again, with this being bad people doing bad things, and you're supposed to care about it, I don't. So I'm going to have to touch brown it myself. Okay, <laughs> Rob, what say you? Uh, well, it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, you know, you when you first heard the title, because when me and my wife were looking it up on YouTube, my wife goes, 
you're watching, you're reviewing porn now? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, what? (laughs) And she's like, that sounds like a porn movie. And I'm like, okay. But I go, it's not. It's like some foreign movie. Yeah, that that was the Austin Powers movie, Goldmember. Yeah, Goldmember, yeah. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So um, I, okay, I had version with um, subtitles in English. And um, it would have been better if they were complete sentences um, because I have no idea. I was more under the impression it was kind of like greed, like a Taiwanese version of greed because there was something about printing money. So obviously they wanted more money. So <laughs> um, I'm not quite sure what they were doing with the printing money. I just we just saw printing money. So we're like, hmm. wait, are they printing money? Do they need? We were like I said, the, they had no coherent sentences, so we weren't sure what was happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I like foreign movies. They don't bother me, but the yeah, same. You like Jimmy said, you got to have something that entices me to see it. And this looked boring as all get out. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would have rather watched Greed again, and that was boring. Like, <laughs> wow. Never watched that one, seen that one either. Oh, so, you're not missing much. I, I kind of figured the way you're acting. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, touch brown for me. Okay, yeah, there so you have it. A soul, a soul streak this week. Yeah, but one round streak right down. And I gave, kind of gave, when I was writing down our responses, uh-huh. I gave an homage to the teacher of a Christmas story by going, N, N, N. Touch brown, N. You know, when she's doing the A plus. Yeah, a plus, right. plus, plus, plus. All the way off the board. I did that with all the way off the paper with N's. Anyway, so. So let's get into the movie review for this week. Um, just so you know, there will be spoilers. Oh, yes. Spoiler alert. So Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire, um, which was, uh, if you want a backstory on this movie, it was uh, Rob's, or Rob. <laughs> Zack Snyder. <laughs> Zack I was going to say Rob Schneider. <laughs> I don't know why. But uh, no, anyway. no, his daughter, his, his legacy is his daughter did that uh, all about that bass song. Really? Yeah, I believe so. Oh wow, Megan Trainer. I don't know. Oh yeah, that was uh, uh I, I, I've lost the thread. Sorry. Go ahead. And there goes Spencer. All right, so here's the synopsis or plot or however you want to define it. Uh, when a peaceful settlement on the settlement on the edge of a distant moon finds itself threatened by the armies of a tyrannical ruling force. Cora, a mysterious stranger living among the villagers, becomes their best hope for survival, tasked with finding trained fighters who would will unite with her in making an impossible stand against the mother world. Cora assembles a small band of warriors, outsiders, insurgents, peasants, and orphans of war from different worlds who share a common need for redemption and revenge. As a shadow of the entire realm bears down on the unlikeliest of moons, a battle over the fate of a galaxy is waged on a platform of a nondescript... And a, oh no, I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead. And waged, <laughs> and in the process, a new army of heroes is formed. All right, so uh, the original background to this was Zack Snyder was uh, going to do a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. He wrote this script, submitted it, and Disney was wise in saying no, because after watching this uh, this movie, I would say no, too. I mean, I don't see how this could have been or would have been or should have been. I mean, there's points in it where, where you're watching, like with the, the regent, 
when he's in that little weird frozen lake thing. Oh, yeah, that was pretty cool. I can see that being like Emperor Palpatine. Oh, yeah, they had some really great stuff that you could go, oh, yeah, if this was a Star, a Star Wars movie, I could see how that would have been, that part would have been really cool. Would have been part Star Wars, you know, yeah. but... Other than that, this movie, it, it, you can tell where this movie was borrowing from other movies. Oh, yes. And it was so painfully obvious. Very. That it was, uh, like I said when we reviewed it, Zack Snyder does a great trailer. Mm-hmm. But the, when you get to the films, you're woefully disappointed. And yeah, I was that, highly disappointed about this. I mean, he built some worlds and he made this whole universe and there are some interesting sets and interesting scenes oh, yeah. and different environments that absolutely led to nothing. Yeah. I mean, if they would have actually went somewhere, that would have been nice. I mean, not like locale-wise, mm-hmm. but I mean like the whole... If the story the, went somewhere, yeah. Well, or just some, you know, just some background to it or like, at least let it be something that can be built up. First off, you got this, uh, uh, the whole concept of there being like an imperial type of um, a regent in charge because the king died. So, and they considered like the universe a realm as opposed to, you know, like just a universe and all or that a, stuff. Like a planet. Yeah. yeah. So you got multiple planets, but here's the thing. The ruling king was supposedly benevolent. Yet all of these worlds and everybody hates this centralized monarchy because yeah, the, the he keeps world. destroying yeah. the worlds that these people live on. Mm-hmm. They're like soul survivors, of, and everybody's a soul survivor from the world at this place. How is this? Have they not been overthrown by now? Mm-hmm. I, the whole universe would be hating them if they just keep destroying worlds. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's like that's genocide on literal global <laughs> scale over and over and over again. So, you know, that was the one thing I didn't understand. Some of the scenes were just pointless as pointless can be. There was no reason for them. Yeah. In fact, this is one of my big problems. Zack Snyder is often guilty of this. And um, it's it's a big problem in, in modern writing in movies as it is, in fact. It, it's Everybody writes, okay, we're going to do this scene, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this, we're gonna, and then we're going to do this. That's not a good way of writing. The way you should write is, okay, this happens, and because this happened, therefore, this next scene is going to happen. Or this scene happened, and, we need, and they need this to happen, but this happens instead. This, but this is just like, oh, 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 we need a pilot. Oh, you're a pilot. Oh, okay, good. Okay, so now we need, now we need a, a general. Oh, 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 okay. Well, I know where a general is. Oh, you're a general. Oh, okay, cool. Now we need a rebel leader. Great. Oh, I know where a rebel leader is. Yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't build. It just kind of just goes and then and then and then. And it's way too simplified too. I mean, yeah. like every single person who joins her plight. As does it for the flimsiest of possible reasons I can even think of. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm going up against this place that destroyed destroys planets because it doesn't like the people on it. I'm going to join this one person to make a stand against them. I, I, just because. Because the farmer says he can yeah. give me more grain. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's just... That's my reward, grain. Yeah, they had way too many characters in it. Because they ha- none of them had enough screen time for you to actually care about any of them. I don't even know the names of a vast majority of the characters. I didn't either until the end when the guy was actually at, when they were all caught. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was going down the list. I'm like, oh, her name was Nemesis. 
<laughs> I yeah. never knew that. The one you were talking about with the two swords. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, with the two not-at-all lightsabers. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> actually interesting because they're more reminiscent of like the energy swords from uh, yeah. Macronauts. But, yeah. But the, yeah. Way, the, the way hers were. Yeah. But still, I mean, so just uh, – and there's just some goofy scenes that just made – I'm sitting there slapping my head at the logistics of it. It's like, why are you doing this scene? It is done so stupidly. I was describing it to platform at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, your big climatics. And by the way, the way if you're going to watch part one, I'm telling you, you don't have to watch part two. It's pretty much ends right there, so you don't really have to see a part two. I mean, but anyway, they tease it anyway on Netflix, which was kind of silly. Well, because they're they totally made it a part two. There was no need to make it a part two. No, is I think they could have ended it right there. Say, yeah. yeah, but it was just uh, I don't know why. Uh, another thing about modern movie writing itself is that if you're going to have warriors of any type, it seems like everything is uh, everybody's got to be the toughest person in the room at the time. Yeah, it's like everybody's the stoic, the stoic, quiet warrior. And the stoic, quiet warrior. No, they no, always have a chip with a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, with a chip on their shoulder. I yeah. know. It's like it's basically every movie. The characterization is basically like watching uh, the uh, the um, um, replacements or whatever that stupid movie is with uh, Sylvester Stallone and Jason Statham. The Expendables. The Expendables. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the Expendables. Every single movie. Mm-hmm. Every single character is yeah. is like that, and it's yeah. just silly and dumb. And yeah, and. The the one my, another one of my really big complaints about this is that it tells you a lot of stuff. It doesn't show you much. It tells you because the very one of the one of the opening lines in one of, in the earliest scenes is the main character lady is like, "I am a child of war," and she explains how you know she feels that love is weakness and blah 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 yada yada yada. You could have shown all this and made it far more interesting, and you do show it later. The, interest, the amount of interest is is debatable, but and you do show it later, but you don't. And then they, they tell us, oh, we got to go find this great general who did who was really great at this one battle. And it's like, can you show us like a flashback of the battle or something? Show yeah, us something. Show us show him show us uh, him doing something amazing, well, so that when you see him laying laying flat out drunk, you, you're kind of going, holy crud, how the mighty has fallen. But, <laughs> or, or even worse, they they'd say all of this, but then he actually shows nothing during the film that should make him this big uh, yeah. tactical genius. Yeah, yeah. Did, and Jamon Hanso, I, I, I'm probably slaughtering the pronunciation on his name. I like that. Who? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly who. who? Yeah, from from from, from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he's a great actor, and he is just so wasted in this movie. His character does. Nothing. Absolutely, literally nothing. So anyway, um, we got to take a hard break here because it is that time again. So, but when we get back, we'll continue this because we haven't even heard from Rob yet. No, no. <laughs> and I'm sure he has some opinions. Rob probably has a different opinion than us. We'll see. I sound bitter and uh, disenfranchised, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> and you uncharacteristically sound completely bitter and well yes yeah, i'm I, i'm a Zack snyder fan and i this has felt very flat for me all right with that we'll be right back so don't go anywhere uh we'll get rob's opinion on rebel moon when we get back
and welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. We're talking about Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire. And uh, we've uh, all seen it. It is on Netflix now, if you choose to watch it. I think initially I gave it a touch brown, too. I believe you did, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just because... Or maybe I, a so-so. Mm, no, I'm so. pretty sure it was a touch brown. Yeah, me too. Um, because he's had six Zack Snyder issues for a while. Um, well, because Zack Snyder's had issues for a while. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, I'm not, I'm not, Zack I'm Snyder's not. good at a particular thing, but he tries to do too much, I think. He, he has to write it. He has to direct it. He has to do the cinematography. He doesn't. He can If he was just the director, I think he would make an outstanding movie. I mean, when you think about it, how often does the writer get credited for the movie anyway? Very true. I mean, so if it's a good, if the director does a great job, the writer's invisible. Well, yeah, and that's kind of the thing. Though It's the director's name on it. He kind of takes credit for it, but he also takes blame for it if it's, a, if, if it's an absolute mess. Well, but well, and he should take blame for all of this. I mean, this is, I, I can't, I, I told you guys what i thought about it earlier b- before we were on the air because it's something i can't say on the air yes <laughs> <laughs> but it's a reference to stephen king's uh um, christine movie if you ever saw that um so yeah all right so rob let us let us well, in on some of your thoughts so absolutely gorgeous lavish sets hand built he made an entire city including a river down in santa clarietta and it shows. It was absolutely, like, believable as a mm-hmm. place that they were farming, that they were, like, living in. Um, too many, like, Star Wars references for me. Like, it was just like, okay, I know it was supposed to be a Star Wars movie, but you could have just, like, laid off, like, some <laughs> of it. Um, but it moved, like, way too fast, way too much betrayal. Like, yeah. like immediately within like the first like half hour. Oh, uh, you're gonna totally like betray what the what the leader of your village just said. Oh yeah, totally just did. Like you know. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then you have one character. Oh, oh, here's the traitor of the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, like, oops. Some of the stuff was just kind of like, okay, um, like just unnecessary scenes, as we were saying earlier, um, which makes me really dread his director's cut that's longer <laughs> well, um, yeah, because because uh, well, what did he cut out that he left these ones in yeah and, and he had i don't usually complain about this but he had so much slow-mo in this one that oh. this movie could have been an hour and 15 minutes I, instead I, of two i'm highly <laughs> disappointed with the fact that they cut out all of jimmy the robot story yeah mm, like i was like completely like <laughs> We introduce this cool robot, and then nothing, and then oh, at the very end, here I am, hi. Well, yeah, like, I, I, I remember. Um, when, like I'm one okay. of the first people now. Yeah, I got horns. I, yeah, I'm feral. Like for for lack of a better word, I mean. Yeah, I, I remember. Um, I remember when the big battle is about to start. I'm kind of going. I, I'm so bored. I'm going. Where's that droid guy? He was interesting. Well, you know, I mean, you understand. I mean, you you understood why he ran off, you know, because he was totally conflicted with his feelings, and, and yeah. you know. But then it was like, are you coming back? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it's like, why do you have antlers? Um, why are you playing out in the field? <laughs> but it, it moved like way too fast. Like there was not enough plot buildup to justify 
how fast like they went like yeah. forward. Like all of a sudden, okay, now we're off to a planet. Yeah. And we're going to this bar. Oh, at the bar. Okay. Oh, this happened. And then now a pilot randomly found us and he's taking us to somebody he knows. Yeah. Just because. You know, yeah, like, random, yeah. like all of a sudden. And she was only after the general, you know, like, yeah. it wasn't like, you know, she wanted the general and then go from there and get all these other, like, characters, you know. Well, yeah, you know, th- th- in a lot of ways, this has kind of a, a similar structure to uh, the, the movie, seventh, the, 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 the Magnificent the Magnificent Seven or Seven Samurai. Mm-hmm. And, or but Battle the thing Beyond is, the Stars, actually. Or, or too ba- yeah. much. Oh, yeah, like speaking that. of Battle Beyond the Stars and, 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 and other movie references, when I first saw first the big, the big, uh, not ship. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is that the Yam- is that the Yamato? Oh uh, yeah, from uh, <laughs> uh, that's what I thought too from Macross. Yeah, mm. like, I just thought it was like an ugly looking submarine that they made for space. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly and that's kind of what the Yamato looks I'll like. I'll show in you the a anime. picture. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, um, but it's, yeah, it's way too many different references to other things that that distracted from it. And uh, I'm sorry, go ahead, well, keep going. Then, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. No, and then, then we get. The worst Irish accent coming out of a person who lives near Ireland, by the way. Like, so you'd think like he'd be able to do it better, but yeah. oh my god! And, and, and I heard that that's like his favorite accent to do. On I, it's terrible. It was like, what is this accent? Like, yeah. you know, don't try to be Irish and not. And, like, I don't know what was going on with that, but yeah, Irish in space. But it did have some cool like tech. Like, I really enjoyed like the robot boxes, the boxes that turned into like the robot. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And then the box turned yeah. into like the um, I don't like the. The immobilizer machine? I don't even know what it was called. Oh, oh like, yeah, yeah, those things that kind of thing that looked like a retarded battle droid. Yeah, it was yeah. like a, like a spine, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, so, yeah. I'm sorry. I remember what I was going to say yeah. in regards to Seven Samurai. Uh-huh. And, you know, Seven Samurai and, and, uh, Magnificent Seven in particular. Magnificent Seven is not that long of a movie. Mm-mm. But they were actually able to put in character moments that made you care about the cowboys that were that were going to be going in to make this fight in, in an hour and a half. This had two hours, and I didn't even well, know or care about any of the characters that were getting assembled. Well, not only that, but we just got introduced to all these characters, and then they killed off half of them. Yeah. They did? Yes. Which ones? The battle, like, at the end. Uh, the, rebel, the... the rebel leader guy. Yeah. Yeah, um, with... There's only like three people surviving. Like, <laughs> oh, then, uh, then a bunch of, lived, then the, a bunch uh, of pilots, Prince, whatever yeah. his name lived. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I thought they would have had a lot more of the cannon fodder characters die off, but they didn't. No, yeah. like uh, what's her name? Uh, the the one. Uh, why? No, what she was survived. The remember that she paint. goes. Then she goes. I should have been dead too. Yeah. Why? Okay, <laughs> like you're yeah. Yeah. the only ones who died were uh, the the their bad <laughs> Irish accent guy and uh, the rebel leader. Those are the only two that died. Well, yeah, and then no. uh, King Levitica mm-hmm. yep. died also. Oh, but, well, he yeah. wasn't part of the group. Yeah, though. he wasn't part of the group, but yeah. But see, that was more yeah. the stuff that is like, why introduce these places if you're just going to annihilate them? And then yeah. we get to the worst set piece. He had lavish set pieces, and then we get to the worst. That was obviously the worst set. Like, hi, I'm on a set now. Like, the whole battle between Korra and Belisarus. You know, like, that Duke... Dingy? I don't even know what the heck you want to buoy. Like, <laughs> yeah, space buoy. Yeah, yeah. But like, it was so bad. Like, yeah, and oh, 
It's like, uh, yeah. That was one of the ones I'm surprised he didn't use slow motion on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, because then we would have been like, really how bad his set was. I mean, because he had these beautiful sets and then he gets this crap set. Like, it is obviously a set. There's no way in heck, like, that was believable. Yeah, yeah because they were it's, just like a, it's just like a platform and a bridge. That's, that's about it. They yeah. weren't even on a bridge. It was a platform because they had to pull yeah. it to them, remember? So uh, yeah. it wasn't even well, connected. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, they have a platform and a bridge, and then part of it gets smashed. And so you see the, the lead character lady slide under it. And she has a gun at the time, slides under it. Then you see Ajax from Deadpool on this little Bowie, Bowie thing that you're talking mm-hmm. about. And she jumps down to fight, have a mo- for, inexplicably have a mano a mano fight with Ajax from Deadpool. Oh, really? Uh, that was him, wasn't that it? That was him. Ed Skeen, yeah. Holy what yeah. happened to him? It's like he got yeah. Everybody got the same and he like got was yeah, dying yeah. of some disease. Everybody, everybody got the same neo, got the same. Hi, I'm an allegory for a Nazi haircut. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but when you're a villain, yeah. you got to have the Nazi haircut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then she jumps down to inexplicably to have a mano a mano fight with him, and all of a sudden she doesn't have well, her gun. No, you knew that she was going to have a fight with him because well, yeah, that was she had no gun. that was her main adversary. I mean, you know she. He raised, you know, well, it wasn't her main adversary. Belisarius like raised her, whatever. But that was the his yeah, general. He was the, yeah, he was the know. big. He was the big bad for this chapter. Yeah, yeah. And like, I'm sorry, but like, okay, let's have the like. What was that weird relationship he had with that like octopus thing? Oh, I don't even want. Did know. you see that? Like, it yeah. like sucked oh, onto yeah. his body, and he was like, ooh, and yeah. And that's like, a, what the? <laughs> yeah, and that's another one of my complaints. The CG in this movie was terrible. I mean, they're, they're the part where they're showing the the dreadnought shoot, shooting its giant guns. Mm-hmm. I mean, that looked like PS2 era. Yeah, it was Now, I will admit, I did like their laser rifles, how they were like lava or something. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, that was cool. That was, it was different. Well, you that's know? the thing. There, there are some really cool looking things in this thing, but, but they just don't gel with the universe and, and the, mm-hmm. the story he's telling. No, it didn't. No. So. Well, and then, or if not, not that there's really even a story. Well, and then like you know, spoilers, but like you know, he's supposed to die. You know, like okay, good, end of movie, yay. And then what happens? <laughs> he gets brought back to life, yeah, Matrix the, style. Yeah, they pulled, I, they, they right. pulled an Anakin on Mustafar on him. Yeah, right. well, they pulled an Anakin via uh, Neo. Yeah, yeah because right? they, yeah. they poked all these tubes up to him. Yeah, and the, yeah, that the CGA for that part was particularly was terrible. It was. The uh, whole embry- embryo casing that he was in right. or whatever yeah. it was supposed to be that was just that was goofy. And but. then like, oh, let's send him to the astral plane or whatever and it then, was. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 the astral plane or whatever. <laughs> now, that visually, that was awesome, especially whenever Jim Caviezel who was uh the the, the general guy, slammed his staff down on the ground. You got you got that cool little blue lightning yeah. cracking effect. See, yeah, and the minute they showed him, I I, I literally thought yeah. of that meme with the monkey pulling the paper out of the <laughs> out of the typewriter, saying, "And somehow Palpatine survived." Yeah, and that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, so yeah, visually there were some really amazing things, but they just he didn't bring it all together. Well, exactly, and that's why it's like. There was, like, seriously, it could have ended I, perfectly fine, and it would have been like, oh, that was, like, a good movie. See, But I, now, with the, like, continuing, it's like, really? Why? Yeah. I mean, yeah, because yeah. they didn't follow protocol, because uh, this... Uh, yeah, they could have ended it there instead of showing... Die, so. Exactly. Instead of showing Ajax, they, they could have had Ajax <laughs> being resurrected at the beginning of the second one. Yeah, yeah. right, yeah. exactly. Leave it as a cliffhanger, make you go, yeah. oh. Exactly. <laughs> You know, because, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, they all thought he was dead. We're riding off back into our village and, you know. 
And, then that and they were all mad was... because remember they were all like, "Oh, too bad we don't get to fight," you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you didn't because I couldn't stand it. I, I was watching. Yeah. And I'm like, "There's no way they're getting." I I, I use explosives. Yeah. I just yeah, like I, how uh, easily the um, the one guy's uh, like debt was paid. Oh, just break down that animal and your debt's paid. Yeah, even so though it was yeah. like three hundred thousand. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and that's and that's just it. Every 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 challenge they. And I use I use the air quotes here, and I have to say I'm using the air quotes because it's radio, of course. Uh, every challenge was so short and easy, and just uh, just uh, like the ride, it was like watching uh, Buckbeak in uh, mm-hmm. in the Harry Potter movie. Although it was kind of cool when he was when he was like scraping him against the wall, yeah, <laughs> like get off my back, dude. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, speaking of borrowing, yeah, they, they they borrowed from the scene where Harry rides Buckbeak heavily for that scene. You know, <laughs> had him bow, bowing in front of the of yeah. the the the, the, but here's the thing. That thing. scene was ultimately just so pointless. pointless. I mean, yeah. it was just well, not, not necessarily because it was, it was how they got him on their team. Well, yeah, true, so. but but again, he was just stoic, tough guy. Yeah. And, you know, now, and, if he had done something like Harry, where he's like. I'm flying, yay! You know, something to make us think that he actually, because this is one of one of my big problems with Brie Larson in in Captain in the first Captain Marvel. She had no personality. None of the hero heroes in this movie had personalities. They were all stoic, tough people. <laughs> yeah, why do sword women have mechanical arms? They don't. You know, if they're going to give a backstory, tell me what the heck happened there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, but they didn't. No. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> and then the weird spider and, and, creature and, and, and that and lived think, in their yeah. city for yeah. like apparently for a long time because they all knew who she was. She knew who all yeah. they were. You know, oh you sorry, you can't steal children anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah. All my kids are dying because you're polluting it. Well, yeah. yeah, and that's and that's one of the other things. Fight choreography was terrible in this movie. Yeah. It, you know, if you had a person going and up against the CGI fight chore- choreography well, yeah. was horrible. Yeah, and the, the spiders was only using the, like the two humanoid arms and maybe the front two legs. Right. And you know, there's six other ones just kind of hanging out. Well, the the and, whole fact that like the rest of them just stood there like, "Oh, we yeah. want you to join our team, but we'll let you get killed." You know, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, instead of helping her out, I mean, yeah. it was like... And then when you have one person versus a group, it's like everybody's waiting to take their turn when they could just be just as easily... Yeah, you, you literally have people pointing their guns going, is it my turn yet? Oh, Wait, that uh, whole end scene with that whole battle? It's on a small platform. Yeah. yeah. And everybody suddenly... It's like watching G.I. Joe and Cobra shoot it <laughs> oh, out. They, they all Nobody have stormtrooper aim. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. None, of, none of them knew that... That's how you knew yeah. that the guns had, like, lava. Like, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, the, nobody the, got hit by the uh, shrapnel. See, yeah, the, yeah they had, the, they had the red by shrapnel. That would have been interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know, they, they say knowing is half of the battle, and the other half of the battle is red and blue lasers. They only had the red and blue laser part. The knowing was half the battle. They missed that half of the battle. Yes, they did. All right, so I gave it a touch brown. I'm sticking with that, uh, Spencer. You gave it, I believe, a so. Uh, I gave no, I gave it a good. I gave it a good because I was really looking for, because I'm a Zack Snyder fan, and I was really hoping that since this was his baby from stem to stern. That'd it, be that, something that, decent. That'd be something decent. So I'm going to have to drop it down to a, a blah. Wow. Okay. Uh, Rob, uh, I can't remember what I you had. So so. Okay. And uh, but, now, now it'd, it'd be a blah. I mean, it was interesting to watch if you think of it as a single movie. Yeah, um, but it ain't though. You can't no, but <laughs> you know, and you know, it's something new, different that's out there. 
So, you know, if you're into, like, the new different that's out there, then sure. Go I'm see hoping it, with the second part he kind of takes some feedback and I, makes I, it I want him feel to go back little, to his zombie you know. movie because like, <laughs> see, <I laughs> the Army like of the Dead was better. <laughs> no, it really wasn't. No, it was. No, it really wasn't. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, well, that uh, but I am. Uh, I, See, I, will I say, had no problem with three hundred. Three hundred, I thought yeah, was a great yeah, movie that, that Zack Snyder did. Yeah. Yeah. The soundtrack was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The slow motion was yeah. tolerable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After yeah. that, though, he's just kind of been on this downward trajectory since then. So he's been kind of like Sean Connery, where he's been on a steadily downward trajectory. He's dead, so yes. uh, you can't get it much more. Well, down well than yeah, that. no. From from Bond, you know, his movies were, were were getting more and more terrible until he made League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and went, "I quit." <laughs> oh no, no. Well, no, he did The Rock. No, the, the, the Rock was, was good the, the Rock the was before Indiana League Indiana of Jones. Extraordinary Gentlemen. It was. Yeah, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was his second to last movie, and the only other one that he did was a voiceover one after that. Oh. Well. With that being said, um, it is now time for us to take that top of the hour break. If you missed any part of the show so far, please check out the pod, the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast, uh, being produced by 97 and Now Productions, and it is available on your favorite podcast platform, the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast. And we'll be back with more radio show right after this. Hello, world. This is the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. I am your not so humble host, Jimmy Jones. Joining me, as they do every week, Spencer Stoner and Rob Nault. Hello, hello, hello. And I had to look up something really quick. No. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and our very energetic uh, and our discussion about Rebel Moon consider, continued very energetically <laughs> after the commercial break. <laughs> well, still. Uh, indie game developer and publisher Creepy Jar has revealed they're working on a new sci-fi game with the announcement of Star Rupture. The team are looking to ca- create an all-new base-building title that mixes in, mixes in exploration, combat, and resource management mechanics as you try to survive on an alien world that is under constant fear of being ripped apart by earthquakes, volcanoes, and other weather-related phenomenon. Star Rupture sets itself in this in the story of man versus nature taking place in an otherworldly and breathtaking sci-fi environment where elemental cataclysms of extreme temperatures loom as a constant danger. The player takes up the mantle of a convict exiled from the earth to serve their sentence by mining and expanding industrial production alongside researching new technology, because that's who I'd want researching new technology, a convict. Uh, On a seemingly... they already do that in the prison? Um, (laughs) No. Uh, On a seemingly hospitable new planet, Rife, with mystery and danger. I like that word, rife. Rife with mystery and danger. Uh, tasked with surviving the waves of fiery inferno or extreme cold, not to mention facing down against hostile enemy monsters, intense combat. Each cycle spells disaster, Each, uh, each yet ushers in a new era of growth and rebuilding. Whether solo or as part of an up-to-four-player co-op experience, players will explore, adapt, mine, gather resources, and build complex machinery to survive and prosper. The game is already looking to be released into 780,000 early access on uh, Steam sometime in 2024. Hmm. I have never been one to play these kind of games. 
Yeah, real time strategy has never really been a big. Uh, I'm not a big shooter person, combat type. I have very horrible aim. So you wouldn't that, have to. It's all like turn based, basically point and click, and your army moves. Oh, there those to me seem very boring. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, that's like uh, StarCraft is is a, a game like that. What? I don't. I'm not familiar with StarCraft. Yeah, basically, you 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 build up. Uh, Oh, you know, plants and you, know you build up uh, plants and factories and stuff to, to build your armies up. Then you send your armies out to other areas to mm-hmm. attack things, and you don't really get involved in the fighting. You just say, "Hey, go here," and then you, you know, just watch then... it. <laughs> boring. Yeah, that's boring. <laughs> Very boring. That's why uh, doing space wars or spice wars is uh, kind of. Not doing too well, mm-hmm. I, I don't think, because it is very boring it, strategy. It, it is a very like niche uh, market, a niche genre. Yeah, well, apparently a big niche market. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of them out there. Them. Yeah. <clears throat> because you get so bored with them so quickly, I guess you got to move yeah, on to the You yeah, have to have a new one. <laughs> uh, Sega has announced an all-new partnership with the Starlight Childs Foundation as they're working together via Nintendo of America shortly... Sonic Superstars will soon be playable on the Nintendo Switch via the Starlight Gaming Stations that are stored in hospitals across the country. This will allow children who are currently spending time in the hospital a chance to experience the game as part of the Starlight Nintendo Switch Gaming Stations starting in the spring of 2024. It's cool to see that kind of partnership for a good cause, even if it is just one game. Founded in 1982, Starlight Children's Foundation is a 501c3 organization that aims to deliver happiness to hospitalized children children and their families through programs that impact millions of kids annually. Starlight's vital programs include Starlight Gaming, Starlight Virtual Reality, Starlight Hospital Gowns, I didn't I don't remember that game. Uh, just kidding. Okay. And Starlight Toy Deliveries are donated are donor funded and offered free of charge to hospitals within its nationwide network to provide play, distraction and a sense of normalcy to children who Im- to help improve their mental and emotional well-being so they can thrive. The impact of these programs reaches even further to the families and caregivers, creating a supportive community that nurtures children when they need it most. That's cool. And I was unable to find any kind of games. Well, there actually, there's a ton of games being released this week, mm-hmm. but they're all on computer and dredging through like 135 pages of games to find one that is kind of... Multi-platformed was just too. Yeah, and then I ran a lot out of, of them. Were I like just started knockoffs or or hentai visual novels. I just started uh, the um, Avatar game. The Avatar game. Mm-hmm. How was that? Like, um, av- like Avatar right now, I or Avatar Blue the, People. The Avatar Blue People. Okay. Um, it's great open world. Absolutely beautiful. Um, I am still on mission two, and it's like my fourth day. And I have lowered my combat ability to the lowest possible, and it is still horrible, and I want to throw my (laughs) controller. Like I said, I have horrible aim. And so, like, a lot of this, like, you have to have your, like, arrow and pointed in the right place. Like, I've shot these people. Oh, but I didn't get them in the right place, so they weren't actually dead. I just maimed them. You know, so, like. Wow, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm on the set. Yeah, I, yeah. Does it literally go around screeching in pain because you can't kill it? (laughs) Uh, I, no, but it's like. I'm screeching in pain. Like, <laughs> I, I, like, oh, I didn't mean to do that to you, Bambi. Like every, I'm sorry. Like, every single back to you failed. Okay, I know I failed. Thank you. You've like shot me again. Like, like yeah, I, I, now I'm just imagining. Remember Paul Rubens from the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gets staked, but yeah, yeah he's just kind of going ah. 
Oh, oh, yeah, the longest yeah, death scene yeah, in yeah, any. And, and even after credits, he's yeah. still going. Ah, yeah. I just could imagine you shooting somebody, and then just, just hearing that the entire level. Ah, oh, oh. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, so it's a frustrating game for me. Just I'm angry. sure other people like enjoy it because like there's all these people. Oh, I finished the game. You know, all these like people mm-hmm. on YouTube and all that stuff are enjoying it. But yeah, if you have horrible aim, don't play this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, it's like I love the Jedi Survivor games and the Jedi, oh, yeah. like all those, but I can never get my character to run in a straight line. And so, like, there's a lot, like, you have to run in a straight line and jump, and otherwise you don't get to the next cliff. And so there's been a lot, like, those games take me a long time to play because I spend, like, an hour jumping across a crevice. You know? <laughs> See, me in an open world game, I'd be still be on mission two because I have I, every, every little shiny thing. I'd be like, ooh, and wandering off. That was me in Starfield. Okay. And then, yeah, because I didn't know, like, when you first play, you don't know, and you can pick up yeah. everything yeah. in Starfield. Notebooks. And then you can go and sell everything, you know, for, like, money. So it's like, okay, cool. I'm picking up everything. Then all of a sudden, I can't go anywhere because I'm overburdened. Burdened, yeah. You know, like... <laughs> And then you get like a penny for like the stapler that's like overburdening you, you know. So it's like a penny for a stapler. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. I believe you have my stapler. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fun. No. Literally, you can pick up staplers, plants. Yeah. Wow. So what we do in the shadows is heading towards a regular human series finale. <laughs> a report from Vulture indicated that the upcoming sixth season of what we do in the shadows will be its last. Hmm. Details surrounding season six's premiere and potential final date on FX have yet to be publicly announced. Why am I reading about it? Uh, what we do in the shadows is a spin-off of source of Taiki 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 Yeah, and, <laughs> I knew Jermaine, how to pronounce it until you messed me up. And Jermaine Clemens, <laughs> cult classic 2014 film of the same name, following new vampire <laughs> characters, while still having occasional references and cameos to the film since its debut in 2019. The What We Do in the Shadows series has become a hit among critics and fans alike, earning over 21 Emmy nominations, including multiple nominations for Outstanding Comedy Series. Season 5 of the series debuted earlier this year and concluded in August. Yeah, they had kind of a fun cameo episode where they had a lot of people who played vampires in previous movies, like... uh... Like uh, Wesley Snipes from Blade was 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 on the Council of Vampires or, or something. I can't remember exactly. Boy, Eric's but. a big fan of yours today. Who? Eric. Oh, me. Oh, Spencer. Oh, <laughs> what's, what's up? Eric's a big fan of yours today. Oh, well, well thank you, Spencer. Good call for uh, Office Space reference. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, earlier on when we were t- talking about Rebel Moon, and mm-hmm. uh, let me go back to that. Um, <clears throat> Oh, yeah, because we still had a lot of opinions we were sharing after. <laughs> I think Spencer right about the it, use uh, use Unreal Engine three. Mm, yeah, mm. But, yeah, anyway. with the CG, yeah, yeah, pretty weak. Yeah. So anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to anyway, say yeah, but yeah, but the, you know the show it's it's pretty funny, and you know there are actors in it that I think are just really fun. Mm-hmm. Like there's this people from the IT crowd that just make me laugh like a drain. It's great. Okay. Was that what we were talking about? What oh. we do in shadows? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got. Lo- I am so lost right now. <laughs> that's right. I, I felt the exact same way earlier. I so that's let's move I lost on the to the next yeah. one. <laughs> uh, one of Hollywood's most desired filmmakers is developing an X Files reboot. Mm. 
According to a new Bloomberg report, Black Panther helm Ryan Coogler is behind a reimagining of the cult classic. Though little is known about the series, the new report says Coogler will be a producer on the project, and it's unclear if he'll direct any episodes. Disney, which birthed the idea of cinematic universes, is developing a new version of X-Files that would be produced by Ryan Coogler, the director of Black Panther and Creed. Repeat, repeat. The Bloomberg report reads, This isn't the first time such a connection has been discussed. Earlier this year, X-Files creator Chris Carter hinted Coogler may be doing something with the property in the immediate future. Uh, and he says, and I quote, I just spoke to a young man, Ryan Coogler, who is going to remount the X-Files with a diverse cast. So he's got his work cut out for him because we covered so much territory. Carter said during a podcast appearance, though a reboot is in the works, it looks like Dana Scully and Fox Mulder won't be involved in any capacity. Duchovny told us last year he doesn't intend to reprise the role if Anderson isn't on the show and Anderson said she doesn't want to return. Mm-mm. Period. Mm. No. So she's having too much fun with her British like shows. Oh, okay. Um, I used to watch X Files in the day. I, I don't know why. Um, but uh, yeah, as a, as it grew in season, I grew apart from it. Oh. So. Oh well, yeah, was... when they brought Robert Patrick in, you know, have mm-hmm. you seen this boy, man? Yes. From, from Terminator Two, he was the T one thousand. I know who he yeah. is, but yeah. I so I, I just call him. Have you seen this boy? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen the X Files with him in it, so I don't know. Oh, that was the last. Like I don't season? know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. See, yeah. I didn't see it. Yeah. So. Or or any of the movies. Um, too. Oh, good. Thank God. No more Muller and Scully. <laughs> no, but I mean, it actually, it, in all reality, like a reboot for that show is like totally easy to do. Well, yeah, because, because especially because it's an FBI yeah. agency. Hi, Mulder and Scully. They went off to yeah. do other things yeah. now. Yeah. They're old. They're now old retired. retired. Now have, yeah, yeah, now we have a new group of people. Yeah, we'll know. have an actual department now and, instead of and just being, two and being people in a closet. In today's day and age. They would, especially like with the revolution that the UFOs are real, you know, like they've already, you know, there's going to be more, less of that skepticism, I think. Yeah, that, hopefully. you know, so that th- I think there's going to be more like, yeah. Gungo, let's go get these guys, you know. Like, wow. <laughs> no, I think, well, then you have the uh, the problem of turning it into more like a supernatural show than uh, at that point. Than a but it always was a supernatural show. No, I mean, mm. the show Supernatural, where they would, never mind. Mm. I know what you mean, but it always okay. was so, too, because that's what they did too. They there was a incident that occurred somewhere, but there wasn't skepticism in the and supernatural as there was in X Files because well, you yeah, had the it, one person who thought believed in it all and one person. Who well, didn't. yeah, it was funny. Supernatural yeah. is they're both going after because yeah. they know it exists. Well, yeah. but they had the the people didn't believe what was yeah. happening to them. Well, yeah, you know? I, I was. Funny. I can't believe this is happening to me. I thought <laughs> it was funny, in particular early on, how Dana Scully would always get like knocked out or otherwise distracted <laughs> while. The supernatural thing was happening, yeah. so, and Mola's like, ooh, ooh, like the right, yeah, yeah. Ooh, 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 look, 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 look. That's well, me. Well, yeah, <laughs> I always like the smoking gun men, though. Like those, oh, the, yeah, the, the lone gunman, the smoking man, the smoking man, the lone gunman. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So Prime Video announced the premiere date and revealed the series' key art and first look images for the second best hospital in the galaxy. The second best hospital in the galaxy. Yep. 
Previously announced as The Hospital, produced by Amazon MGM Studios, the anime with animation by Titmouse Studios, the second best hospital in the galaxy, which has a two-season order, will premiere exclusively on Prime Video in more than 240 countries and territories nationwide, worldwide. That is, that is a far better, uh, far more interesting title. The, yeah. The second best hospital in the galaxy follows Dr. Sleek and Dr. Clack. Aliens, best friends, and intergalactically renowned surgeons as they tackle anxiety-eating parasites, illegal time loops, and deep space STIs in Season 1. Doctors uh, Sleek and Clack take on a highly dangerous and potentially groundbreaking case and in doing so put existence itself in jeopardy. Although considering their d- dismal personal lives, Oblivion might not might be an improvement. All eight episodes, eight episodes... Of the adult animated science fiction comedy will debut on February 23rd, 2024. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be on Amazon. So if you want to go and check out the second best hospital in the galaxy animated series. If William Shatner isn't one of the STI-infected people in the show, it's it sounds like a, such a wasted opportunity. It sounds like bad versions of Dr. McSteamy and McDreamy. <laughs> Jeez. All right. It is time for us to take a break. Uh, when we get back, there's still more show. And in case you forgot, there is that trivia question out there. If you'd like to answer it and possibly win something, 775-515-4141. And we'll be back on this Christmas Eve with more Pop Culture Boom Radio Show. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboomer Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. <clears throat> and here's what is worth watching on television. The week of Sunday, December 24th at 9 p.m. Through Sunday, December 31st at 5 p.m. According to TV Guide. I only include what I would watch, which means it has to be considered new to either a network in terms of a movie or original programming. And it also must fall into the categories of action, adventure, science fiction, horror, anime, or fantasy. Because yes, that is pretty much all I watch. Sometimes I'll let a reality show slide in there if it is something I think is worth watching, like about aliens or the supernatural or just some good science stuff or robots beating the tar out of each other. <laughs> Bear in mind, I do not include streaming services since you can generally binge watch the season in a day. If you have a suggestion of a show that I should add, send me an, send me an email at popcultureboom at gmail.com. Put suggested show in the subject line and include the name of the show, what channel it airs on, the time and day it airs, and I will add it if it fits the aforementioned requirements. And I, by the way, I did get an email about TV shows, and mm-hmm. I did say I don't include streaming services for a reason. Um, but yeah, so just so, so somebody you know, was suggesting a show that was on the streaming service. Yeah, that all all you can binge watch all of them. Mm. Why why didn't you do anything about What If season two? Because you knew when it was going to be on. It was going to be on every day. So mm-hmm. what's the point? You know it's on every day. They yeah, advertise it's going to be on every day. You can watch it at will. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, and then there's another one, too, that they just dumped the whole season right when when they typically didn't. But they did anyway. So it's just, that's why. All right. So tonight, Sunday, December 24th, nothing. There's nothing on <laughs> Tomorrow, or Monday, December 25th, at 8 p.m. on USA is Monday Night Raw. And that is it. Except there is the uh, Christmas Story Marathon that starts tomorrow. New. Mm -hmm. I know. 
But I'm, <laughs> I'm just letting people know that that's, that's still New. going on. Then <laughs> um, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, December 26th at 8 p.m. on USA is WWE Next. And that is it. <laughs> Wednesday, December 27th at 8 p.m. on TBS is All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. And that is it. Thursday, December 28th at 9 p.m. on CBS's Ghosts UK. Something different. 9.30 p.m. on CBS's Ghosts UK. And that is it. Friday, December 29th. There's actual stuff? No. 8 p.m. on Fox's WWE <laughs> Friday Night Smackdown. At 10 p.m. on TNT is All Elite Wrestling Rampage. And at 11 on TNT is All Elite Wrestling Rampage again. Gee, and you think Monarch all- comes out as well on Apple TV. Yeah, but again, streaming. I bet it's not yeah. all at once. It's <laughs> weekly. Yeah, but uh, yeah, gee, it's like um, it's like almost as if a whole bunch of shows are taking a break for the holiday. Like everything is taking yeah. a break for the holiday. Everything it's except for wrestling. the mid-season break. The what? The mid-season break. The dreaded mid-season, mid-season break. More, more like the dead of winter. It's when they show all the episodes that they pre-researched. You can catch up for after. That's why they call break. this the dead of winter. Uh, Saturday, December thirtieth at nine p.m. is Creature Features. That's about, and that's it. But, so check your local listings for Creature Features in Carson City, Reno. It's on channels one ninety one and one ninety three, respectively. If you have charter, if not, you can watch them on YouTube. And then Sunday, December thirty first, nothing. <laughs> that is your television watching for the week. Literally nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah like Dick Clark's New Year's Rock and Eve and all that fun stuff. But yeah. So, have you heard of Chainsaw Man? Oh, I love Chainsaw Man. It's fun. Have you heard of Chainsaw no. Man? Oh, you would love Chainsaw Man, actually. Oh, it's, it's an anime that's just so out there. It's, it's so <laughs> up your alley, Rob. It's a guy who literally turns into a chainsaw demon and chainsaws And hunts down other demons. Yeah. And chainsaws them. All right. <laughs> yeah, he has chainsaws that grow out of his arms and out of his face. Like Pinocchio knows. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is an insane anime. It is Different. fun. Yeah. Very different. So Chainsaw Man really took over the world with its big anime debut a couple of years ago. And now it's that now that's gearing up to continue with a new film officially announced to now be in the works. Tatsuki Fujimoto's original manga series was already a huge hit with fans on its own before an anime adaptation was even announced. And that anticipation for its premiere made it the most looked forward to new anime of 2022 overall the first season of the series really hit that high mark fans had set and now there's an even bigger amount of excitement over what could be coming next although the first season of the series had come to an end with 12 episodes under its belt man that's even small for anime uh fans of the manga are well and or are well enough aware that there's plenty more to take on from fujimoto's original series after quite a bit of waiting following the end of the first season, an official continuation has now been confirmed to be in the works, but it's going to be a major surprise as the anime will be continuing with a new movie rather than a second season, as many fans might have expected. Hmm. Unfortunately, there are a few details about what to expect from or when to expect the Chainsaw Man movie as of this initial announcement, but the, but the Bomb Girl arc runs from chapters 40 through 52 of Tatsuki Fujimoto's original manga series. If you thought the fights and characters introduced in the first season were memorable, things will be getting much weirder, wilder from this point on as Denji begins to cross paths with all sorts of new devils, fiends, and those who work together with him. 
them. If you wanted to catch up with Chainsaw Man's first season to get ready for the new movie, you can now find the anime streaming with Crunchyroll. They tease the series so much as as such. Denji is a young boy who works as a devil hunter with the Chainsaw Devil Pochita. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. P-O-C-H-I-T-A. Uh, One day, as he was living his miserable life, trying to pay off the debt he inherited from his parents. Oh, yeah. Apparently in Japan, that's a thing. Mm -hmm. Like, like he was literally like he sold an eye, you know, a a kidney and, you know, stuff like that to to pay off the debt that he didn't accrue, but he was still responsible for. Fun. Uh, he got betrayed and killed as he was losing his consciousness. He made a deal with the Pochita and got resurrected as the Chainsaw Man, the owner of the Devil's Heart. Ooh, it sounds vicious, don't it? Oh, yeah, it, it, it is a gory heart. anime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and suddenly he turned it into a yes song. <laughs> okay. Studio Ghibli's The Boy and the Heron has been a critical success, winning several awards from prestigious organizations. The anime film has also been scoring big at the box office, becoming the number one film in North America for its opening weekend. The film titled How Do You Live in Japan has cleared another major hurdle when it comes to Western theaters. The Boy and the Heron might be not might not be Hayao Miyazaki. Yeah, last, but it might just be his biggest. When the latest, when the latest from Studio Ghibli was released into theaters in Japan, the legendary production house made a risky bet when it came to how they would sell it to the theater-going masses. Rather than releasing trailers and movie posters for the surreal anime, Ghibli decided to release next to no promotional material for the film, banking on their reputation and the reputation of Hayao Miyazaki to help sell the anime movie from the box office receipts in both North America and Japan. It would seem that, because that's because if somebody actually watched the trailer, they would not go to watch this movie. Because we saw the trailer for oh, I saw it, and I and thought it was I, bizarre. I, 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 yeah, yeah. And that, and it's because <laughs> of that bizarreness that I wanted to see it. Really? Okay. Not oh, yeah. Me. Well, Miyazaki is known as like the Japanese Walt Disney. Oh, okay. If Walt, if he, he, his, so he, if he a, was in the seventh I mean, plane of seen, hell. I've yeah. seen some of his other movies, but I don't know. This... I don't know. I'm just not a big fan, so maybe it's you know I'm late for video. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to see it yet. But when I do, I'll let you guys know what I what how outlandish it is. Oh, I, I already probably under no. I mean, he has that one where the house is. grows legs and. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, can't yeah, remember uh, the name of that one. Yeah, house moving castle. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but this one spirited had a away. weird yeah. crane with human teeth. <laughs> talking all like weird. Uh. Yeah, but this was like disturbing, way disturbing. And I've seen disturbing stuff, and this disturbed me. <laughs> uh, it would seem that their gamble paid off in dividends. Anime fans in the West have been able to see trailers prior to the film's release in theaters. Yes, we did. Uh, but huge parts of the anime's story remain a mystery. In a new, in a new press release from G Kids, the company responsible for bringing Ghibli's latest to North America, has revealed that The Boy and the Heron had, has become the highest-grossing movie from the studio in the West. Yay for them. Yeah. Which held the previous record um, at present. Uh, what? Okay. At present, the movie has earned $23.4 million, uh, helping it to surpass Ponyo. Ponyo? Ponyo, yeah. 
which held the previous record in North America. The film can be caught in theaters with its original Japanese dialogue and English subtitles, but also gathered a ca- but also gathered a cast of heavy hitters for its English dub. The cast includes Christian Bale, mm-hmm. Dave Bautista, Gemma Chan, William mm-hmm. Dafoe. He's probably the crane. Uh, Karen <laughs> Fukuhara. Tell me I'm wrong. Would he not be perfect for the crane? Uh, 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 that's a very strong possibility, yes. Robert Pattison <laughs> and Florence Pogue. Excuse Whatever. Gesundheit. <laughs> Yes. Uh, when it comes to accolades, The Boy and the Herring has scored its fair share. Aside from being nominated at the Golden Globes for Best Animated Feature, Ghibli's latest also scored awards for the from the likes of the Los Angeles Film Critics Association, New York Film Critics Circle, Chicago Film Critics Association, and Boston Film Critics Association. Hmm. So, here's actually I read part of this article because the big catch line for this article was what got caught me on it and i'm like this is so true but i'll read you the whole article godzilla has burst into the box office this december a twist hollywood didn't see coming godzilla minus one to 33rd installment in the japanese language movie franchise has broken multiple domestic box office records and draw 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 and drawn critical acclaim since its release on december 1st doing so on a budget that would make most moviegoers balk as of Thursday, the movie has brought in more than 15.7 million in U.S. ticket sales, according to Comscore. That's more than its reported 15 million budget. Its commercial success may yet be dwarfed by the critical response. As of Thursday, Godzilla Minus One has received a 97% score on Rotten Tomatoes from 96 reviews and a 98% audience approval score. Mm-hmm. The unanticipated hype comes as mon- many moviegoers find themselves exhausted by what they say is a decline in the quality of some of their favorite franchises, particularly superhero films. Mm-hmm. Last month, Disney's The Marvels, part of the vast Marvel Cinematic Universe, opened with an estimated $47 million domestically over its day debut weekend, the lowest in the history of the 30-plus film franchise. Like many Marvel movies, it came with a hefty price tag. Over highly anticipated action films like The Flash and Indiana Jones in the Dial of Destiny, the fifth movie in the franchise, also over underperformed. Paul Dergarandian, the senior media analysis for CompScore, said the new Godzilla added a recent spat of surprise successes, including Barbie, Oppenheimer, and even Sound of Freedom. Lately, it hasn't been the the tried and true, he said. It's been the the outside-of-the-box thinking or movies that have a unique point of view or not trying to just replicate what was successful before. Mm -hmm. Ouch. Minus One has also reminded fans that action movies can still be good, even when they're based on recycled characters. The film is set in Japan just after World War II and follows civilians who are just starting... Uh, yeah, to recover when they face another mortal threat. Godzilla. It Godzilla! Marked, yeah. It marked a return to the franchise for Toho Studios, which hadn't made a movie with the monster since 2016. In the years following, countless other variations and sequels have been made, some to box office claim and others to lukewarm reception. While it's released, a handful of discussions on the community-focused website Reddit have been buzzing with one question in particular— How's the film so good? Hmm. Well, you yeah, because, seen it yet, so. well, because Godzilla is not exactly known for having you know Shakespearean level writing, you know, as a franchise. Well, most so, action films don't. I mean, well, yeah, I know, but uh, but you know, Godzilla is a special level of uh, 
shall we say, uh, historically speaking, cheesy writing. True. So, so this one having plucky characters that you actually care about, which is a, a first for the franchise in the franchise for me. I mean that that's impressive. Mm-hmm. On X, others have also had similar reactions. Some lamenting lamented that bigger budget mo- action films have paled in comparison. Yeah. Takashi Yomazaka, Yomazaki, uh, the film's director, writer, and VFX supervisor, told The Verge he wanted to bring some of that original intent behind Godzilla back. Out of all the Godzillas there have been throughout the years, scary Godzilla, cute Godzilla, the uh, more heroic Godzilla, etc., my favorite is still the original from the very first movie. He said he also wanted to look at how the war affected people at that time and tell a more human story through the lens of the film's lead character, former kamikaze pilot. I'm not going to try and pronounce that. Everyone's already living with post-traumatic stress disorder and not knowing how to carry on, he said. But when then Godzilla shows up and while the situation comes even more dire, the threat he poses is also what gives the people like the lead character a reason to step up to the occasion. U.S. audiences will be getting more Godzilla next year. The first trailer for Kong, Godzilla X Kong, The New Empire, debuted this week, though it was already drawing some scrutiny for a clip the Japanese lizard running. Godzilla tends to be relatively slow in plotting in most movies. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, Except when he's doing, you know, jumping jumping kicks in, on his tail. Yeah, okay, <laughs> thanks for bringing up something from 1970. <laughs> Duragar Bindian noted that quality and creativity trumps concerns about whether audiences might be burnt out on particular characters. Uh, Audiences don't have Godzilla fatigue, he said. Um, It's not even action movie fatigue. It's bad movie fatigue. I agree, actually. (laughs) Or or movies that just don't push the envelope enough for audiences to get on board. When moviegoers go get what they feel are fresh offerings, uh, Buzz often generates organically. He added more Oppenheimer and Barbie, two very different films that, upon their simultaneous release, became known as the cultural phenomenon. Barbenheimer, which I thought was just stupid. It really is. But anyway, so you get the picture. We'll be discussing this a little bit more when we get back from this break, so don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Boom Radio Show right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. So we left off with talking about Barbenheimer, uh, <laughs> we're re- the, which is a combination of Barbie and Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're released by big Hollywood studios, Universal Pictures and Warner Brothers, respectively. But like a Godzilla Minus One, they, uh, they also offered a non-cookie-cutter experience to viewers. NBC News and Universal Pictures are both units of NBC Universal. Okay. Trying to get a handle on what audiences want is very tough. Durgard Abendayan said, I think there's a huge underestimation of what audiences want using the conventional wisdom that makes for some very watered down content is getting boring to audiences. They want to be pushed. No, they just want, like you said, I think people just want a good story. Yeah. And not just garbage thrown at them anymore. You know, it, the ooh and ah and flash of everything of special effects is nice, but if it's not balanced with a good story, n- well, nobody wants to 
really cares. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like with the comic book movies. You can only save do the save the world plot so many times. I mean, you, you can have smaller stakes and still make it an interesting movie. Yeah, and smaller characters, too. You don't have to like go big. I'm the only one who can do it. You know, mm-hmm. I hate though that, that that's the one thing that always drove me nuts about DC is that every every character is practically god level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so every supervillain has to be god level or beyond in order to even be in the same league with the people that they're fighting. So it's just it's goofy to me that things and 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 the, and the level keeps going up. Yeah. And now they're doing the same things in the movies. Yeah, where it's to the point where like Superman, you know has to be able to violate space and time, you know, where the, where space and time have no meaning to him anymore because he's so powerful that they have to go to that scale. Yeah, and then the yeah. villain that he faces has to be above that in order for him to yeah. even compete with yeah, him. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like Dragon Ball Z where, where they have to have, like, multiple multiple Super universes. Zion! They have to have multiple universes with stronger people to be able to fight people, to be able to fight Goku and stuff now. Yeah. Do you have any opinion? On Dragon Ball Z? <laughs> I actually like Dragon Ball Z. Oh, I um, love Dragon Ball Z. No, I, I don't know. It's just sometimes you're just like Ugh, done over. <laughs> like there, there's been the, the thing with Hollywood is the fact that they have no original stories anymore, and that is showing more and more. You know, like we're getting too many rehashes, too many revamps, too many alike. Yeah, because even when I mean it, re- it's reminiscing back to like remember we had um, oh my gosh, Deep Impact, and then there was the other one. Oh, there's that whole string of asteroid destruction yeah, did, movies, like, yes. and they all came out within like a week of each other. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so it's like the, it's like we're doing the same thing. It's like okay, like let's let's see who can have like the best thing, but the superhero movies are just getting like I don't know, like. I think what we need is we need different superheroes. Like we're done, which is like I'm glad. Like why the MCU like retired the Avengers, you know, and we're moving on with the new Avengers, so to speak. But I don't know. I think that they waited too long to do that, and that's what happened, and that's why we're in the rut we are with it. Which is why I think they're slowing down, and they're only releasing one MCU movie next year. You know, <laughs> well, hopefully it's to recalibrate and tell just tell decent stories. Well, I mean, well yeah. Well, and then you I just read, the whole plot line well, of some of these movies have just been garbage. Well, then I just read too that they just um, the Young Avengers TV show is now scrapped, and they're going to be doing it as a movie instead. Whatever. Hmm. So they, they don't even know what they're doing. Exactly. Like you yeah, know, the plan is. There is no plan anymore. Yeah, and there should, and there always was, and that was the thing. Like, hello, how many times have we seen that timeline through like twenty twenty eight or yeah. whatever? Yeah, the first know? ten years of the MCU, people so. really were interested because the plan was there and the plan was followed. You had weak movies like uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron was relatively weak compared to you know the first Avengers mm-hmm. movie and other movies around it, but they stuck to the plan and they had better movies after that with better stories. And and it kept going, but now the second that you get one badly performing movie, it's like they scrap the entire plan and just go, "Oh, we got to rethink everything." Well, well, they do. well, like I said, they they just went like too long. Like we didn't need to have four Thor movies. We didn't need to have three Iron Man movies. You know, like we could have dropped all of those, and we could have been on Young Avengers by now. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, yeah. It, instead of basically dropping all the original guard at once, they could have mm-hmm. introduced. 
you know, one character at a time instead of... Exactly. Each, yeah. And they're just taking too long. Like, how long ago did Falcon and Winter Soldier release? Like, two years ago? Mm-hmm. You know, like, and we're not even getting the movie till 2025? You know, like... <laughs> yeah, it's it's wow. It's that's tough. right. Yeah. I forgot that movie didn't ever come out. Yeah, that's <laughs> what, you know. It's like so. We're we're once again we're taking too long to like address these stories, plot lines, mm-hmm. and then you have like the Young Avengers where you're relying on people who are supposed to be young to remain young. You know, mm-hmm. and and you can't. You that's know, true. like you no, know, nothing can stop the clock. Yeah, and because I mean, you got. Uh, the end, you know, the end of the the Marvels movie there when she, you know, went to recruit uh, the new Kate Hawkeye, Kate, Hudson. Yeah. Kate Bishop, Kate something, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the new Hawkeye, yeah, uh, and that was, and that's you another know, thing that kind of kind of sucks though. Like particularly, Hawkeye is I feel the biggest uh, example of this is where it's almost a bait and switch because before the Hawkeye show came out, they were focusing all the all the uh, advertising and stuff on Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye. Because that's the one they knew and people liked, mm-hmm. but then they basically sl- switched it. They they with, you know without mentioning the Kate character really, you know uh, they kind of they kind no, of sort he, of mentioned. But once once the show was on, you know they, they but no, so I a lot of people were feeling like bait and switched. Like I, I know my sisters felt very baited. Bait I didn't at all. I knew from the very beginning that was the introduction of Kate Bishop was going to be Hawkeye. Well, yeah, so. but we're also nerds who actually keep track of this stuff, <laughs> you know. Got a point yeah. There. yeah. All right. So McFarlane Toys and DC director back with a brand new wave of action figures based around the hit cartoon Batman the Animated Series. This line of figures is a Target exclusive release and features a build a figure gimmick. Of course it does. Of course. Wave one is on the shelves now and features Batman, Robin, Mr. Freeze, and Scarecrow, with the condiment king being a build a figure. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, just the, the condiment king thing kills me. Okay. Uh, wave two, things get a little deadlier as Lockup is ready to bring crime and punishment to the streams, streets of Gotham. Lyle Bolton seemed like the answer to Arkham Asylum's problem when they needed a new head of security. However, after taking up the job, he pushed the boundaries of the law to its fullest extent and used any means necessary to keep the prisoners in line. Well, a bunch of them were a bunch of them, like really... Hardcore, you know, they got Clayface, you got mm-hmm. Joker, uh, the Joker, Two Face, Poison uh, Ivy. Yeah, so I, I would push boundaries there too with the law enforcement mm-hmm. on those types mm-hmm. of people. Anyway, uh, after the uh, blah, blah blah blah, after the treatment of his prisoners is noticed, he is fired, but then takes up a new profession as a new criminal of Gotham City known as Lockup. Collecting Wave 2 of McFarlane's and DC's direct new wave of Batman the Animated Series figures will bring you bring this big bad home. He features a design and outfit right from the hit animated series and comes with a baton to dish out pain. Batman the Animated Series fans will also will have to collect Batman blind as a bat. Riddler, Joker, and Commissioner Gordon figures to build this figure. The entire wave, again, is a Target exclusive and is set for release late next month, January of 2024. So wait, is it kind of like a Voltron? Like, Uh, you needed all the other characters to create this character? Uh, Yeah, this is a very common thing. So what they do is, so like, uh, you get Riddler, Joker, Mm -hmm. Commissioner Gordon, and Batman Blind as a Bat. So in the Mm -hmm. Riddler one, you'll have, like, the torso. Right, yeah, so it's like Voltron. Yeah, yeah, but it's actually building a figure, not like, you know, these... Commissioner Gordon, Riddler, and the Joker are going to combine to create mm-hmm. a lot. Right, yeah, no. But <laughs> you know, I get it, yeah. Okay. No. 
Um, Squishmallow fans, which are everywhere. My family, yeah. Are are you guys Squishmallow fans? My daughters are. I can't stand them. They're just pillows to me. Uh, The wait is over. Well, almost. On Tuesday, McDonald's announced that the eagerly awaited Squishmallow's Happy Meal is finally launching in the United States. The Happy Meal is set to debut at McDonald's restaurants nationwide beginning... December 26th. Yep. (laughs) Tuesday. I wonder if it's replacing that Swish meal or whatever Uh, with the McBuddies. (laughs) I don't know. I haven't eaten at a McDonald's. There's a, uh, they have a new, because they've they've been doing those partners with different franchises. With like different rappers and stuff like that. And or like um, football players or basketball players. And they have a new one. And he brought back all of the McNugget Buddies. From back oh yeah, <laughs> but they're an adult Happy Meal. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and this is a kids one, so, yeah, so so they could both be going around at the same time. I don't yeah, know. so I don't know, but like usually they have like big promotions. Right, like, Squishmallows are for kids. Then who is this article written for? <laughs> well, I, I my guess is that it's going to take off like when they had the Beanie Babies at McDonald's. <sighs> I don't know if you Any remember babies that. in general, yeah. But, like, that, that was horrendous because huh. not every McDonald's had all the same Beanie Babies. So you had to, like, travel to, like, oh, no. 50 million <laughs> McDonald's if you wanted the collection. And, yeah, and then people took it way too seriously. It's like the Szechuan sauce. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, that sauce was good, though. Let me yeah. tell you. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah. I, but, like, psh, when that comes out, every anytime that comes out, it's like, uh, I need two of those. And then if you <laughs> order from the app, it's free. <laughs> they yeah. don't charge you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah, but then there are people who can't get it just overreact so they need, they, are, they need to go to Jack in the Box and their teriyaki sauce. Very similar. Very similar. But see, then, yeah. There those, you go. You heard it here, like, folks. They're, they're like, you know, yeah, I'd like to get the, the blah, blah, and the Szechuan sauce. Uh, we're we're out. And they, they do. They freak yeah. out. Yeah, and then they it's flop like, out on the on the. On are the they floor putting cocaine in this? What? Why are you so addicted? <laughs> Here's it an AA phone number for like, you. I, I mean... It's it was totally a different taste that they they never had before, and it was good. It like I don't know, I liked it. it well, yeah, it, some, well, something good at McDonald's is pretty rare these days. Wow. <laughs> no, actually, like you know, in all honesty, I I like McDonald's for the fact that certain burgers are made fresh; they don't use the frozen anymore, and you can you can taste the difference. Mm-hmm. So. You always could, <laughs> quite honestly. But anyway, uh, fans have been wa- been waiting for the American launch to be. Uh, of the collaboration since it was first announced earlier this year when the partnership launched in select global markets. We're all about connecting our fans to culture and Squishmallows are some of the hottest toys out there right now. Uh, said a name I'm not going to try and pronounce for McDonald's USA Chief Marketing and Customer Experience Officer. This collaboration welcomes McDonald's and Squishmallow fans alike to enjoy this one-of-a-kind experience with the first McDonald's Squishmallow Squad. Squishmallow Squad. Uh, with the new Squishmallow's Happy Meal for a limited time, and while supplies last, while supplies last, of course. Uh, wait, what did I say? Mm-hmm. While supplies last, yes. Bear that in mind. While people. supplies, yes. Last. So don't get mad when they, the supplies aren't lasting. Fans have the opportunity to collect up to twelve Squishmallow characters with the purchase of a Happy Meal. Funny how they put that in there. And well, because they got to always I? put limits on things. Including you know, there are people it, uh, who just try to take advantage of it and just get as much as they can. That's a lot. <coughs> Twelve different ones. Yes, so. it is. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, fans have the opportunity to collect up to 12 Squishmallow characters with the purchase of a Happy Meal, including in the lineup are 10 fan favorite characters, 
such as Cam and Fifi, as well as beloved McDonald's icons Grimace and a mystery character. Additionally, each Mm. character comes with their own unique playlist from Universal Music Group. Fans just have to scan the QR code of the Happy Meal box to access each playlist, which is based on their unique personalities. Hmm. I did not know there was a musical collaboration with Squishmallows. I think this is the first time. Squishmallows, which first launched in 2017, are currently the number one plush property in the United States and are the second best-selling toy brand overall. Having sold it more than 100 million units, their popularity makes the toy a perfect fit for the Happy Meal, which has featured numerous beloved and iconic brands over the course of its history. In partnering with McDonald's, we are able to bring uh, fans a 360-degree Squishmallows experience that includes exclusive digital playlists and special edition Squishmallows that will create one of the most elevated Happy Meal programs to date. But I, I do, am curious on how those things are going to smell after sitting in a box with a hamburger. They uh, come in like plastic. Yeah, they come in like a plastic bag. Yeah, I'm that sure. does not matter. That is <laughs> they get here. Here's what happens. They actually sit in the box, and then when they go, oh, Happy Meal, that box gets brought up. They throw the hamburger in and hand it to you. Like Really? <laughs> yeah. The box or the toy? Everything's in at once. Like the box is already made up with the toy just sitting there. Yeah, yeah. They just toss the the food and stuff in in just before they hand it to you. It's going to absorb that smell somehow. Next week, the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show will be live with all three of us here to entertain you. And not only will we have for you the latest news, information, and releases from the seven pillars of pop culture heading, uh, pop culture entertainment heading into the new year, we'll also be talking with you about the good and the bad in pop culture entertainment for 2023. Let us know what you think was were the best, the worst, and you'll also hear what our personal dislikes and favorites were. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Please continue supporting Pop Culture Kaboom by listening to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show live every Sunday night here on KNBC 95.1 FM. And if you missed any part of the live show, you can check out the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast produced by 97 Now Productions on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, subscribe to the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast on your favorite po- podcast platform. Also give a like and a follow to Pop Culture Kaboom on Facebook for everything you want, everything you need from Pop Culture Entertainment Daily. And subscribe to the Pop Culture Kaboom YouTube channel for video interviews from events we have and will be attending. On behalf of KNBC, Spencer, Rob, and I... Thank you for your support and for tuning in. We will talk with you again right here live next Sunday, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific Time, 9 p.m. until 12 a.m. Eastern Time. Anytime during the, on, during the week on Facebook and via email. So until next Sunday, be safe, stay healthy, have a Merry Christmas. We'll see you at the, for New Year's Eve, and peace out, Wabbits. <laughs>